Hello there, my name is Jeff, and welcome to episode 56 of the Game Sharks podcast, where we talk about our favorite thing in the world. Ah, crap. Um, um, Dragon Ball Z. I like that show. I have <laughs> I have some Dragon Ball Z stuff around my room. I entirely forgot to think of something again. It happens like every couple months. Uh, yeah. You can only have so many favorite things. That's not true. I can have infinite favorite things, including so Dragon's Ball P. <laughs> Um. Yeah, I guess we'll just say in video games. Just move on from that brief disaster. <laughs> Joining me today is Adam. Hello, Derek. Hello, and Andrew. What's cracking? Hello, gentlemen. Welcome. How you doing? How are we all doing today on this fine Thursday afternoon? Did you have to think about that for a second? What day of the week it was? Yeah. No, I knew. We always record okay. on Thursdays, all right. All right. except for okay. when we don't. All right. Okay. Fine. <laughs> um, yeah, we have a a lovely backlog power hour episode for you. And spoiler alert: we all finished the game this time, which is the second time in Game Shark's history. So go us! It took us a full year, but we're finally yeah, doing we've it. We've got a twenty five percent success track, rate track record. Yeah. Yeah, as time goes on, we can improve that. <laughs> what you? What were you gonna say, Derek? I was gonna say, um, did we like? Was the other game? But Control was the other game, right? Control was the other one we all finished. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I was. I was thinking, like, was it like Cynthia the Night, where like Adam technically finished it in uh, a sense? Well, I also <laughs> no, didn't Andrew did not finish it. Remember? I forgot Andrew didn't finish that one. Yeah, <laughs> but we all finished it, and the game is Resident Evil Four, which happened to be very timely. Uh, we'll get to that later on in the news, but we'll start with uh, a little bit of other news. There's not a ton actually that happened this week. Surprisingly, there's a lot of like small, um, inconsequential things that it, like we could have talked about, but it kind of would have just been pointless. You know, would have been we just mentioned it and there would be no discussion. So uh, we got three things here that we're going to talk about today. Uh, the first thing we're going to do is talk about. More Cyberpunk 2077. Will it ever end, or will oh, every will every episode going forward have some mention of Cyberpunk 2077? Who can say? Um, we, can't, we can't let them forget how much of a sh- uh, fuck up this was. They yeah. won't let us forget. More news keeps coming out. Right. Um, <laughs> all right. So, Jason Schreier of Bloomberg, formerly of Kotaku, one of probably probably the number one games journalist in the world. Like if anyone's going to know the name of a single game journalist, it's probably Jason Schreier. He does really great work. He often uh, gets scoops and gets people to talk to him. So Jason Schreier wrote uh, an article about Cyberpunk 2077 and more specifically CD Projekt Red as a whole. And we learned some pretty, uh, I guess I'll use the word gross things about the behind the scenes of this game yeah i think that's that's a good word yeah. to use yeah did you all read the article in full yes yeah yep <sighs> okay um so where do we want to start with this <laughs> i think overall we can kind of question. start out with like the clear distinction between the developers versus the i want to say like business side of things Okay. And how that yeah. probably management executives. Up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Derek, why don't you kind of lead us through this? Because you were the one who pointed out the article to us initially, and and I feel like you probably uh, went 
in great detail yeah. for it. So yeah, give give me your thoughts and a, kind of a rundown of what was said in the article. Uh, I mean, I think the big thing that comes out of the article and, and is kind of what people were starting to suspect uh, after the game's release was there one. There was there was definitely some kind of mismanagement uh, across the board um, throughout throughout the development of the game. Uh, that there were uh, miscommunications or mis missed expectations between like the people developing the game and the people marketing the game. Um, so I think directly from the article, Jason. Uh, talks uh heard you know specifically from employers things like or not employers employees like um when the when the game when they announced the release date in what was that last that was last year e3 or no two oh god two two years years ago uh, e3 2019 uh like the developers were were taken aback and like you know like what like april 2020 2020 like some of them didn't didn't think the game would release until 2022 yeah um one of the things that that really stood out to me there and seems to be a trend in the industry is the game's development was rebooted in around 2016. Yeah, yeah. so uh, so everyone had talked about how this game had, oh, how how can a game that's been in development since 2012 like be this underdeveloped but apparently yeah in 2016 there was a full reboot of the game and everything they had used previously they'd thrown out so it was really only in development for four years instead of yeah. eight years mm-hmm. from I, I can't remember if it's stated specifically in the article or um if i just if it was he did he did tweet a bunch of stuff afterwards too like that he he like didn't have time to include in the article or something like that but mm-hmm. uh one of the things i think was that um the original version was running on the same engine as the witcher 3 and was a third person game and when they rebooted development, that was when they reboot, like went with the first person perspective. And when they started develop, they just decided they needed to develop because they're going to first person, an entirely new engine. And um, from what, at least what like I know about game development and the what seems to be like the normal thing is engines are developed before you start developing the game. Because uh, usually it's the engine. Engine might be the engine might be like the proof of concept. Like, hey, look at this thing we built, and look at these cool things we can do in it. Like, let's make a game from that with this. Or um, sometimes, like, it comes down to choo- choosing the engine. I know for Death Stranding, uh, a lot of the time spent up after the like movement before it was before it was announced, but after Kojima like started his own studio, a lot of time was him spending walking or like not walking around, but shopping around for an engine to build the game on because he didn't have his Metal Gear engine anymore. And like he ended up going with the the Decima engine, which is what Horizon Zero Dawn was built in. And so like that's like the choosing what the games we built in is is like a huge thing. And so the fact that they decided, oh, we need to build a whole new engine that can run you know can do run make this game and be a first person like they hadn't built a first person game before like the thing that they fucked up with is they built the engine at the same time they started building the game Mm -hmm. and that's like uh i think that the best analogy i could come up with is like you're driving your train down the tracks and you're laying the tracks down in front of you and like 
yeah, you just have, to, oh, shit, we put a turn. We're not supposed to turn yet off, you know, and it's like you can't go back and undo that those mistakes. You have to just keep building in front of it. And I'm sure that's where um, a lot of these like bugs and stuff come from is something was laid down, you know, <clears throat> long, long time ago when they were building this engine and it, they didn't get didn't come out until they started QA testing. And I'm per sure, probably they're sh sure they're like one of those things where it's like, oh crap, like if we fix this, it breaks this. And if we fix that, it breaks this and that breaks that. And so like, I'm sure we're going to be hearing about uh, all the, like every time there's a patch, there's probably going to be a new bug kind of thing. And, and this is going to be, this game is going to be being patched for the next like three years. <laughs> Yeah, um, one of the people who was interviewed was a former audio programmer from CD Projekt Red, uh, Adrian Jakubiak, I think I, Jakubiak, maybe it's a soft J. Um, he he was a big part of the article as like one of the named people that Jason interviewed, uh, and he was talking about timelines basically, and some of the upper management people. And one say someone had asked, "Hey, how are we going to pull off uh, a technically more challenging project?" in the same time frame as the Witcher mm. to which someone replied to them, we'll figure it out along the way. <laughs> and yeah, <laughs> which is insane. Ugh. The head of a, a company who's like trying to put out one of the biggest video games ever. And they're, they're promoting it as one of the biggest experiences in video games ever said, we'll figure it out along the way. <laughs> and this, this isn't, this isn't a thing that's like exclusive to, to CD project read like this is a thing that exists this same thing happened with bioware and anthem they they i believe th of course another article written by uh Jason schreier where he like dove into like the mismanagement of that game i believe like one of the things that one of the management said was like oh well we'll just use that bioware magic and like <laughs> that's yeah that's like the exact thing we're like oh look we made so much money from this and like we clearly have a talented team it should be no problem yeah. like we we'll hired the right people and you know what like doesn't work like that yeah no it's insane it definitely shows that they don't really have an understanding of the process and they just know like oh the last one made a shit ton of money so you know we'll just we'll just do what we did last time yeah, yeah. they they approached it with so much hubris because they made the witcher 3 yeah and it's it's just so telling of how scummy and awful the video game development industry is as a profession because like they essentially like just lied to people for like eight years about the game right like i wish and, and what i hope that we see going forward i doubt it will at least largely but what i hope we see is just companies being transparent about like what is going into their game and where they're at with it because Sorry, go ahead. If we if we had heard in 2016, like, oh yeah, we just completely restarted development, I'd understand a little bit more, you know. But it's like then they had to wait until they already received the criticism on launch before that information even came to light, and it didn't even come directly from, you know, the development heads. It came from interviews for an investigative article. You know, because there was all of this backlash. And I think that's one of the reasons why I'm I have tempered expectations for Metroid Prime 4 is because we know that that game restarted development. So I know that whatever they make 
isn't going to be like, you know, like, oh, well, they've been working on this game for four years. So, you know, if it's bad, then what gives? Either that or like you're more willing to accept the fact that, oh, this game's not going to come out for a while because they had to start again. Yes. As you're not going to be like, hey, where is that game? Like, oh, they had to restart it. That's where it is. And at a certain point, I think I kind of preferred that because they acknowledge like it's not what we want it to be. Like, I'd rather wait a little longer for a game that's going to be as good as they expect it to be instead of you know, what we had going on with Cyberpunk. And I'm kind of glad I didn't even end up getting this because I just yeah. didn't hype myself up for this. Yeah, it's yeah. just a, it's a prime example of corporate greed. The whole thing about them trying to double dip with the PlayStation 4 and 5 is complete horseshit. Yeah, what was that? It was, they said they wanted to release it earlier in 2020 so that people would buy it twice. Once yeah. on the PlayStation 4 and then once on the PlayStation 5. Yeah, which is just completely awful. Yeah, it's a really uh, gross thing. It really is, especially when a lot of, aren't a lot of other games right now offering like free next gen update upgrades. Yeah, yeah. See, yeah. They, they wanted to be far enough away from it where they didn't have to offer it. I think was well, their whole thing. I I think at that I think that at that time, and I think it says in the article at that time there wasn't uh, that wasn't a known thing. Um, that like it was going to be pop- like no, you know that's a, this is the first time this has ever happened in a, in a generation of a generation switch. So I'm sure that was there. I mean, they clearly like saw their chance to, uh, gain some like buyers by saying, Oh yeah, actually we are going to do the, you know, like they never said they weren't like, so, but yeah, like they, the fact that they were originally planning, like, Hey, you know, we can do this the way, you know, I'm like rockstar has done it what is going to be with this year's release on the PS five, probably three, six, six times. If you count per console. Yeah. Like, yes, if you owned it on the PS four, you'll get it for free on the PS five. But the fact that like, I mean, I guess it's cool that, you know, if you've never played the game, you can get it on your brand new console, but it's also just very, I don't know, you know, like it's very weird. Yeah, it is definitely and, something we've never experienced before. And, and you know, something else I'm just wondering about right now, because like I'm just thinking like back to like the developers kind of saying like, yeah, we kind of thought like 2022 maybe. Like that's big, but at a certain point, I'm asking myself now, at what point did they? Because we know that the PS5 version runs so much better than the PS4 version, right? Like it's the <laughs> it's the previous gen console versions that are the worst, right? Correct. Yeah, correct. I'm but, curious at what point they actually decided. Like, was it always assumed for next generation or was this always like, I'm curious which version was developed first. Like was the previous generation kind of so, a later thought? And is that why it's not as good? No, the, like when they had started developing and working on this game, the new generation wasn't even a thing yet. So they, yeah. And like when they, when they there started version, developing, there the are, PlayStation sorry. 4 wasn't even out, right? Sorry. Yeah, and there aren't native PS5 and Xbox Series X versions still. You're playing a PS4 and P- Xbox One version on the newer consoles. Yeah, that doesn't make sense to me. So why is it that that version is the worst? Uh, because that's how bad the game is. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that's how rushed it was. And and it's very telling, too. The, the last, I think, really big kind of highlight of the article is the E3 demo being fake. Yeah, that's, that was another thing I was going to bring up. Yeah, fake isn't necessarily the the best term for it. Jason Schreier actually uh, elaborated a little bit more on his podcast. Mm-hmm. It's called the Triple Click Podcast. Uh, it's very good. You should check it out. Um, but so he talks about 
like fake isn't really a good word. A better word is more like scripted. Um, and it's that it's such it's such a vertical slice of the yeah. game yeah, that like slice. they they finished those aspects of the game like you know like the car chase and the like the police system like those mechanics and systems in the games were the coding for those were not done when that demo was released mm. uh, but they made them work like in a particular order for that demo and that's it so what they were showing in that demo is in essence not at all what the final game ended up being yeah yeah it's like making a trailer for a movie but before you even have filmed any of the movie and before you've written the movie it kind of reminds me it kind of reminds me more of uh like when you see a a trailer for a movie that's like it's uh marketed as a comedy right but the trailer has like the only six jokes in the entire movie yeah Oh my god, yes. Or, or the episode 9 trailer where there was Dark Ray with the double red lightsaber, and you're like, what is this? And then you watch in the movie, and it's two seconds in a flashback. You're like, oh, you, you shot this specifically to get people, their interest peaked in the trailer. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so developers had said that, or some of the developers that were interviewed said that they felt like that demo that they built for the 2018 E3 was a waste of time, because it took them months to do it and it, it's time that they could have been spent actually making the game as opposed to making this v- super specific vertical slice demo thing that wasn't going to be anywhere near what the final version of it was going to be yeah if you're developing it's a bug if people find it it's a feature <laughs> uh last thing i wanted to talk about was um that audio designer talked about some of the overtime that he was forced to work uh, he said there were times where I would crunch up to 13 hours a day and I would do five days a week working like that. I have some friends who lost their families because of these sort of shenanigans, which is just like yeah. fucking insane. Yeah, it, it really pains me to learn about all of this now that I know more about the video game scene, because, you know, when I was growing up, especially myself included, a lot of kids I know were like, I like video games, so I want to make video games. Yeah. You no, you don't. <laughs> you don't want to be a video game developer because it is a hellish work environment. I feel like it's getting better, and there are some st- studios that are notorious for being very good. Their employees, uh, like Supergiant, yeah. Supergiant as like yeah. a, a company, are just so cool. It's a yeah, smaller Hades team. Is, Hades is such a good example of of this scenario done right, where they didn't crunch, they put the game out in early access, and then it was one of the fucking best games of this year. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I don't know. It it sucks, and I'm sure we'll keep hearing more. Uh, one of the, the co-founder of CD Projekt Red tried to defend themselves against this article. Yeah, he like, oh, he only it. talks to, like, certain people. This is not how everyone felt. But the fact that enough people felt this way to write an article about it in itself is pretty gross, if you ask me. Yeah. Uh, and what's even funnier in Adam Badowski's response uh, is that he once again brings up like, hey, the PC version got nines and tens, guys. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, we fucking get it, you know? At a certain point, that's no longer the point we're trying to make. It, it isn't the point. The point is that the marketing for the larger release of this game was a complete sham. <laughs> yeah, it, it really, really sucks. And I think uh, there will be people who will love and have that fond memory of cyberpunk 2077 but i feel like for everyone else it's going to be permanently soured even if this is one day an incredible amazing video game it's what is happening with it during and post launch is just too yeah too tragic 
no I, matter, I have no interest in ever going back and playing it again. Yeah, no matter the quality of the game now or, you know, however many years from now, CDPR's handling of the situation is awful. Yeah, I agree. All right, let's stop talking about Cyberpunk for, the, yeah, for this week. I hope, I hope that we don't ever have to again, but I know that that won't happen. Yeah. Uh, all right. Valve, Capcom, and Bethesda, as well as Bandai Namco, Focus Home, Coach Media, and Zenimax, uh, which is what Bethesda falls under, has been fined $9.4 million by the uh, European Union for geo-blocking on Steam. So, I'm sure everyone's hearing that is having the same thought that I had when I first read this. What the <laughs> hell is geo-blocking? Well, yes. let me tell you. Uh, geoblocking is the practice in which I, I'm reading this off of an IGN article. Geoblocking is the practice in which a platform holder like Steam forces users in one country to pay the set video game price for only that country instead of allowing them to purchase the game software elsewhere within Europe where it might be cheaper. So um, the European Commission says that uh, the PC platform of Steam, um, it's kind of... It's the European economic area. So when it comes to digital purchases, uh, the EU sees all of it as one collective market as opposed to like if you were buying physical things, obviously uh, England would have one market and maybe Ireland has another and France and Germany and so on and so on. What? I I just have to correct you. Am I wrong? (laughs) The United Kingdom is no longer in the EU. Sorry. <laughs> I, I was just naming countries, Derek. I, I know your family's rooted in England. Uh, anyways. Um, but yeah, basically what they're saying is that the entire EU should be considered one collective digital marketplace. So having um, sales in specific places like, for, like say a game cost, and I'm going to translate everything to just dollars so it's cohesive, but like a game is $60 in France, but in Spain it's on sale for $40. The European Union thinks that that should just that sale should be applicable throughout all of EU and not based on country. Um, so all of these companies got fined for a total of about um, nine point four million dollars. Um, I f- I think um, f- the five publishers have agreed to talk to the commission, and they saw reduced fines. But Valve chose not to cooperate. And they alone were fined over $1.9 million. Oof. Um, so here's the uh, quote from the executive vice president, Marguerite Vestager. Um, Today's sanctions against the geo-blocking practices of Valve and five PC video game publishers serve as a reminder that the EU competition law companies... That under the EU competition law, companies are prohibited from contractually restricting cross-border sales. Such practices deprive European customers of the benefits of the EU digital single market and the opportunity to shop around for the most suitable offer in the EU. So yeah, I didn't know that this was a thing. Yep, never heard of it before today. Um, but it's it's interesting to learn about and to. <laughs> To know that apparently they're very serious about it because they they sued a lot of companies for a lot of money um yeah follows the trend of uh oh i don't know video game developers being scummy i mean i I've, this is I, this is a very much less egregious case obviously. yeah i don't know how well they knew about it um but the fact that steam isn't willing to cooperate on it is a little bit weird <laughs> that's the scummy part yeah yeah um 
anyways, I just thought that was a bit of an interesting story. Uh, but we will move on to the biggest news of the week, probably something that just aired an hour and a half ago. We got a bunch of information from the Resident Evil showcase. We got new footage of Resident Evil Village as well as um, Resident Evil or RE-verse, which is a multiplayer game. And then a small update on the the Netflix movie. Um, but let's start with RE8. So Resident Evil Village, also known as Resident Evil 8. It's coming out on May. Was that May 7th? Is that what it? Yeah, yeah May, 7th, May 7th, which is pretty soon. Four months away. Five months? Yeah. Four months? Four months. Um, so, yeah, that's that's pretty cool. That's really, really soon. It's a direct sequel to 7. You play as Ethan Winters again. And apparently you have a child with... Uh, what's her face from the last game? Your wife? Girlfriend? Fiance? Wife. Wife. And that baby gets stolen by Chris Redfield and brought to some spooky castle in the woods where this cult of vampire ladies lives. One of them yeah, is like they, really giant. Are they vampires? Yep. I don't like, know, or... but they like really white skin. Uh, the one, the giant one with the the hat said that uh, alluded that her brother was um, the main villain of the last game. I forgot his name. Jack. Yeah, that's what it's alluding to. Clancy. Well, huh. Jack, did you look up the story for seven? Kind of. Because that's why it doesn't make sense to me is because the story for seven like the main villain is a small girl <laughs> oh yeah i do remember that um i don't know uh it that doesn't make sense to me obviously you're not going to explain it in the trailer for the game but yeah no i mean not that anything else give me any indication of what the fuck is going on <laughs> yeah it's really weird uh a lot more monsters zombies witches werewolf people it's way more supernatural than any of the other resident evil games are i feel like yeah, but it looks really cool. It's definitely uh, having now all of you just played Resident Evil Four for the first time. Um, it draws on Resident Evil Four more than any g- other game in the series. It looks like it yeah. has it has the same inventory system back. Uh, you're breaking pots and stuff with weapons, your knife to uh, get collectibles. Yeah, There's a merchant. This time it's a, like a really large man that's just sh- sitting in the back of a cart. Yeah. The way they the way they worded it was weird. They were like, "Also, the merchant is back," and I was like, "Like the same one?" And they were like, "But at this time, his name is uh, I oh. forgot his name." What did they, yeah? What did they say his name was? Crap. They, he has a like an actual name. Yeah, I don't remember what it is. Um, but it's the same basic principle where you can uh buy new weapons, upgrade your guns, buy supplies. So it's definitely giving some serious Resident Evil Four vibes, which I'm really excited about. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's coming much sooner than we thought. There's also a demo available on the PS5 starting today. It's which just, is which is different, right? Yeah, it's called Maiden. There's no combat scenarios or anything. It looks like it's just a chance to explore, like yeah, experience the, the, the castle a little bit, and yeah, get in there and get a sense of how it's gonna feel. It's probably like a showcase. Like, look how cool this looks on the PS5. That's I guess they had done that. They had done that with RE7, where they like released a demo, and then it was like kind of unrelated, but also related to the game. Like it wasn't in the game. It wasn't a piece of the game. It was like yeah. uh, a story piece. Because in the trailer, the the really tall lady like mentions, like she talks to the maiden at some point. So it sounds uh, like that's the person that you're playing as in the demo. Oh, that's what the demo is called. Yeah. Hmm. So, 
Cool. Um, all right. Then we got an announcement because it's the 25th anniversary of Resident Evil. We got an announcement for it's called Resident Evil RE Verse. Uh, there's a colon, but you know it says reverse. Uh, it's a multiplayer it's, it's the Resident Evil universe. Yeah, it's got many meanings behind it. Um, but it I is like with a multiplayer experience, and it's free if you buy Resident Evil Eight. Cool. Um, it looks I can't tell exactly what's going on here. You play as famous characters throughout Resident Evil, so you can be Claire, Leon. I think I saw Chris. You got Jack. You got uh, Nemesis. Yeah. Um, Jill was in there. Hunk. So it's all Was sorts Hunk of... in there? I didn't see Hunk. Yeah, isn't Hunk the guy in the the gas mask with the red eyes? Oh, I have no idea. Uh, Yeah. So there's all sorts of characters from all the different uh, Resident Evil games. Specifically all the ones uh, in the recent years. So Leon is in his RE2 uniform. Jill is in her RE3 outfit. Jack is from one of the newer games. So, But it... It looks like an arena combat game. Like Jack's running around with a chainsaw, but the other people are running around with guns and and there's like a big monster. Nemesis stabs you with a sword arm thing. And I don't yeah, yeah I have no idea what's going on here. I don't know if it's a battle royale of sorts. Uh the last It might it might just be like a team deathmatch type shooter. Yeah. Which could I, be fun. It seems interesting. Uh I don't I doubt I'll play it. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, but if it's free. It is free, so maybe we'll try it. Uh, they announced that The Division 2 is getting some Resident Evil stuff in it. Yay. Any Division fans out there? Derek, did you ever play The Division? We were talking about that last week with all the Star Wars announcements. Uh, I played The Division 1, and I bought The Division 2, and I didn't really play it a lot. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. So. Uh, all right. The last thing they announced was they didn't really announce anything. They just said that the Resident Evil movie that's coming to Netflix, the CG one that stars Chris and or not Chris, Claire and Claire. and Leon, takes place after Resident Evil Four. It's called mm-hmm. Infinite Darkness, and it's coming out sometime in twenty twenty one. So that's really all we know. The big the big info there that was that it takes place after Resident Evil Four. Four years to be exact. Um. Yeah, so how do we feel about all this Resident Evil information? Excited? Yeah, it's all pretty cool. Mm. Yeah, it, it could be fun. I to, Just to fall honest, it's the first Resident Evil game I've ever played. Yeah. It's four, which we're going to talk about in a second. So, mm. like, I guess I'm excited, but, like, I'm, I got to play some other stuff before I can actually, like, say I enjoyed the series, I guess. That's fair. Uh, Andrew, you were super confident that they were going to announce the re4 remake here yeah and so i i've debunked the entire situation and that's because the other day the other day uh the resident evil twitter account tweeted like we've got some surprises in store for you with a a gif of the resident evil 4 inventory system uh and so i was like well that basically confirms it right and so now that they have shown that RE8 borrows the inventory system from 4, that's what that meant. Yeah. Uh, which makes sense. Yeah. Uh, and it was it was a little sad to see because uh, you got me hyped for it, but alas. I mean, we all know it's coming eventually. Eventually, yeah. yeah. I, I think... Oh, uh, no. It was a leaked document that they had it on. 
Um, it's yeah. not, has never been officially confirmed that they're working on it, but it sounds like it, it might be a 2022 title. Yeah, like yeah. they alternate. Years That's what I expected. With, with I expected yeah. at least like, like I expected them to at least hint at like, oh, he, like here's a sneak peek at whatever is after eight, whether it's not not nine because we know that it wouldn't be that so soon, but um, like whatever the, like I guess for a remake is, I don't want to say mainline Resident Evil game in air quotes because I want to get away from that trend, but. Hmm. Um, but you know what I mean? Like the next like big Resident Evil game kind of, cause like reverse is cool and everything, but it's not necessarily like a Resident Evil game, you know? Yeah. Um, for sure. All right. But unlike, unlike the sad internet trolls, I don't think that the presentation was crap because the thing I expected didn't happen. <laughs> the thing that you made up in your mind and hyped up yourself didn't happen. Yep. <laughs> um, okay. That's it for news this week. What have you been playing? Derek, you weren't on last week, so why don't you give us uh, a little update on what you've been playing lately? All right. Um, what have I been playing lately? Uh been playing a lot more Demon Souls. Hell yeah. Um, I think I've beat three bosses as of right now. Um, I beat the the first one, the Phalanxes. Mm-hmm. I then I beat the spite armor armor spider and then I beat the tower knight um and now I'm on I'm on the prison uh the prison of hope. Oh okay. Um the man like the in, I think in direct comparison to to uh Dark Souls you can I like the more I play it, the more I realize how different this game really kind of is from those games and um it made me i think like appreciate them even more because like also and i guess made me appreciate this game even more because like you can see how they kind of like the the bones are there and then with the rest of the series they just like took what was great about demon souls and refined it and made it really good and like got away from the kind of linear levels and opened up to an open kind of a more open world and like that's uh really cool like i think you technically i I don't know because i haven't beaten the game but i think you have to beat every single boss in demon souls to like complete the game whereas you don't have to do that in any of the other dark souls games like there's specific bosses you have to beat to progress in the game but like there are some that like you wouldn't ever have to face if you didn't want to if you didn't yeah. want to go that way and i think that's that, that's kind of a cool addition um yeah you can but... really tell uh with the way that they present the game and its kind of story and and setup is that it's very much about the demons themselves and their souls <clears throat> And like right. I know, it, I know it's like silly to say, but that's literally what it is. They're like, you have to collect the demon souls, and then you get to fight the king, you know, some bullshit. Uh, but it's like, so it's like at the end of each level or in each world, rather, like the last level of that world is not, it's not a proper like level or area like it is in the rest of them. They're all just boss fights. Uh, so those are the arch demons and so you once you have to kill all of those in order to get their souls and then once you do that then you can finish the game yeah uh yeah it's i think 
the coolest thing about it is how varied the areas are. Uh, mm-hmm. Like the the I feel like the Souls games kind of maybe besides two is I guess the areas are a little varied, but there's kind of like an overall kind of theme to to the you know the 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 place you're in. Uh, whereas in Demon Souls, you like travel from to, to like you know, four or five different kind of areas. And then those areas have their own, like the prison of hope, like is really like creepy and cool. And it's like, especially in the, with this remat, you know, the remastered version, like it, I, I think it's my favorite so far just because like, so yeah, the lighting makes the, the world like that much more creepy. And like, sometimes the only source of light in the level is like your character. And like, uh, the the big like gimmick i guess of the level is you you have to find all these keys to open up all these doors and stuff like that and as you find the keys you can open up open up like little prison cells and half the time when you open the prison cell like you don't know you can't see what's in there because there's no light getting into it and then as you walk in as your character like walks in and lights up the room or like it you start oh shit you're like shit there's a bunch of enemies in here oh cool there's you know like something there's some an item or something hanging from this dead body. Like oh, I got to shoot it down and it, it like kind of, you know, leads to like this nice sense of discovery and like, do, do I open the door right now? Like I've got, I don't have a lot of health. I'm running out of health items. Like, do I open the door and take the risk that something in here might kill me? Or like, is it going to give me an item that maybe I need or something like that? It's, it's fun. Uh, I like it a lot. Um, I, I find myself wanting to play it the most right now but i kind of try to make myself play other stuff because i know uh, i kind of want to like let this one sit for a while and i really want to get as much as i can out of it yeah that's kind of how i was too like i always wanted to play it like at all times and then but i just play other stuff because i'm like well i just want to like sit down and, and grind at this for like hours so i don't want that to like yeah take over me finishing other games i i don't want there to be a not, a not like a souls game like i don't want there to it, it's feeling a hole right now and i don't want that hole to be empty again uh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> like exactly. i was already thinking the other the other day i was like maybe maybe don and i should make our bet like a yearly thing and like every time we can like up the stakes or something and uh, so I was like, oh, if he gets a PS5 this year, like we're gonna do, uh, like the whole series. Like I'm, I'm like talking about this myself. I'm like that, <laughs> I, that, that will kill me maybe. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I, I've been playing that a lot. Um, I've also been sinking a ton of time into uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Mm, how's that going? <sighs> this might be the longest game I've ever played. Like, in terms of it's taking this long to finish. Okay. Um, I am almost 50 hours in. Oh, Jesus. And I think... Well, so you you play... I'm playing Persona 5. 5, (laughs) I'll get to that later. Um, Like... I'm pretty sure you don't have to do everything in this game. Uh, you definitely don't. It's not, pre- but the thing is, it doesn't t- like tell you you don't have to do them. So I keep doing everything, mm-hmm. um, just because I think what I like most about 
this game is every single area that you like pledge to like you, you you've gotten england right jeff yes i did get to england yeah so you've done you've have you done like your first pledge? I don't know what you you pledge. I guess. Uh, no, I got to England. I saved two people, and then, you and then I, just, I started running around a bunch, and then I haven't okay. played it since. So, like the whole the whole basic like premise of the game is you pledge to a section of the game, and then you go do like a, a quest there, and like at the end of it, they say, "All right, we'll be your allies." That's basically like the premise, uh, you know, in a nutshell, kind of the game, and the. I think it's the best part about it because it doesn't make the game feel so long because every single one is maybe like four to five hours of gameplay long, depending on like how much of the side stuff you do in that area. But they're all kind of like they're nice little like contained stories. Um, Some of them aren't very interesting. And then some of them are like really engaging and fun and like introduce you to some cool characters. Um, I just did my favorite one, I think, so far. And I won't spoil it because it's pretty, I think it's a little spoilery, Um, but it takes you to this area and it's like, does one of those classic kind of game tropes where it strips you of everything. Like Mm. you don't have anything anymore. I feel like every game since Breath of the Wild has started doing that. The Eventide Island. Yeah, it definitely started a trend. I mean, I feel like games have done this long before Breath of the Wild ever did that. Yeah, but Breath of the Wild's great. So, you know. Yeah, it's like right. the whole it's like it's, the whole premise of Metroid. I don't know if you guys knew this, but uh, Atari Pong was based off Breath of the Wild. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So it, it, but it for in it makes it like the most interesting area because um, so you're basically in like this huge area, and you all you have to do is find your target and kill kill them. Uh, so. If instead of going right to kill them, you can um, collect resources and uh, trade with like the locals, and you can get some gear, and then like that gear will kind of like make it a little easier to do it. It's it's kind of cool. It like kind of immerses you in the new area you're in, and uh, it's pretty cool. I I am liking the game, but it I just feel like it keeps going and it keeps going, and I don't know when it's gonna end. Are you at the point where you want it to end? You're ready to be done with it? Yeah, like I'm I'm like ready to be I like feel like I've gotten a lot out of the game, but it's like I, there could be another 30 hours of this game left for me to play. Yeah. Um I don't I, I feel like the story is like starting to wrap up and of course like I'm like, well, I want to go do this one last place cuz it's like it, it gives you one of those choices where it's like do you, are you sure you want to go here now or do you want to you know, get some more alliances going. And I was like, well, I guess maybe I want to like get a couple more alliances. Um, but like, I'm running out of places to go to that are like at my power level or whatever, mm. um, or at the power level of where this place that I think is going to launch the end of the game goes. So I think I'm close. Uh, I just need to like buckle down and do it. But there's been other stuff I've, I've wanted to play. Um, like, the recently released Hitman Three. Ah, yes, you you are going to be uh, writing the review for us on that, are you not? I am going to try. <laughs> I I will I will give it my darndest. Um, but I am really enjoying it. Um, this game is like really really cool. 
Um, I'm, I decided because you, I think if you bought it within like the first 24 hours or something, you got Hitman One's levels for free. Cool. Um, but I was like, well, like if I'm going to review the game, I need to play the game, not play all of That's Hitman One first. Because yeah. <laughs> then I'm going to want to play Hitman Two, and then I'm going to make this review in July. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it gives you like a little catch up thing. So I was like, oh, I'll just watch that, and like it doesn't really matter too much. But um, I've never really did. I've played like one of the Hitman games, and that it was like one of the ones that came out for the 360 like a while back. Um, so I don't, I can't really compare it too much to the other games right now but i just did like the second mission and it was one of the coolest gameplay experiences i think i've played in the past like couple years oh geez so that sounds yeah. like a we need to play it for game of the year discussion uh, kind of thing i don't know about that yet okay um basically like the whole premise is so you know like the game is kill the person the game and escape assassin's creed no, it does everything. It's like everything that I wish Assassin's Creed could have been at some time. Like, I wish assassinating yeah. missions played like missions in this game. Hmm. They should get IO to make an Assassin's Creed game. <laughs> uh, because it's so cool. Um, so the mission I just played, you like get dropped in, and it's like, all right, you got, you know, here's your target. You're, it's like you're at her mansion or whatever. And oh, by the way. They like just called a private investigator, so you have the option to like find the private investigator and swap with him. Because basically, like the whole premise is you disguise yourself and then like do that person's duties or whatever. So it like kind of guides you the first time you play a mission to like, hey, here's some cool things you can do. Uh, so I swapped and uh, became the private investigator, and it turns out the reason the private investigator is there is to solve a murder. <laughs> Huh. So the whole thing turns into this murder mystery, <laughs> and you're like, you're like, I felt like I was literally playing Knives Out the game. Oh man, <laughs> that sounds incredible. <laughs> Obviously not fun. as as detailed and and well written and executed, but you know, like you're walking around, you're you're looking for clues, you know, you're finding these secret passages within the house and talking to, interviewing all these people and trying to figure out who. Uh, killed them and it gives you options like throughout to like hey like you have enough you know evidence to convict this person though they might not have done it who can't like you're not actually there to solve the crime who cares but i was like yeah. no i gotta find out who really did it <laughs> um and then so like i did that and and i got to the end where you like confront the woman who called the private investigator who just happens to be who you need to kill and uh you tell her who who you think did it and it i think it turns out that i'm pretty sure i was right it doesn't really matter you're never going to find out because yeah. you're going to kill the woman but i got basically i got the opportunity to kill her but i was so enthralled by the murder mystery happenings that i just didn't and i completely missed the window <laughs> <laughs> so i had to like okay uh i had to leave and then i became like a photographer who was there to take a family picture and but I couldn't figure out what I needed to do to kill her during that part. So I basically just took their family picture and then they left again. And I was like, all right, uh, I don't know. So it's pretty cool how there's like several different ways you can approach a mission. And if you fail one way, there's like four other ways you can like I, I did this mission, I think, for an hour and a half. And I think like they're only supposed to take you like 10 to 15 minutes. 
but because I was like so enthralled with the game and I kept missing out, like I couldn't quite figure out how I was supposed to execute that hit version. Like I, so I ended up pretending to be an undertaker because the whole thing is like she faked her death and her funerals the next day. Mm-hmm. So I like bring her out to show her, Hey, you know, here's your grave that you're going to be in. And then I shot her in the head and threw her in the grave and left. Oh, jeez. Oh, <laughs> so, man. It's, it's pretty cool. I mean, uh, I plan to play the whole campaign, and then I'm going to play probably every mission maybe again, just because there's, there's only a few missions. And it seems like the whole thing with this series is the replayability of the missions. There's, yeah. thou- like, not thousands, but there's so many different ways you can approach. And there's, like, different... Once you beat the mission, you unlock different starting scenarios. Like, so it really does, like, open up... The missions can play out however you want them to and that's that's really really cool so mm-hmm. i i'm so glad i i picked like picked this up and i'll definitely um play this a bunch it could i don't know i i'll let you know when i'm done if i think it's kind of a game of the year contender or not yeah well, now that we have our categories locked down you can go in and kind of like think about right. the game in those uh parameters and see if you think it would be worth considering yeah. for any of those that's uh, definitely uh yeah, that helps a lot going through this. So I, I am hoping that it comes to Game Pass sometime in the future. It is IO who is owned by Square Enix, right? And then so Square... is, are they owned by Square? I no, believe... they they are no longer. Oh, are they independent now? They are independent now. Yeah. Oh crap! Then it probably won't. Wouldn't? No. It... Oh yeah, it ended in 2017. Um. Well, yeah, because uh, all a bunch of Final Fantasy games are on Game Pass, so obviously. Square Enix is willing to work with them, uh, but I yeah. I don't know if IO Interactive would be willing to do that. Yeah, we'll have to we'll have to see. I I would be curious because this this would be a good series Wait. to throw on Game Pass. Yeah, that would be cool. Isn't IO making the the 007 the, game? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> that's gonna be cool. Yeah, yeah. I I immediately am getting like more hyped for that game after playing. A total of like three hours of this game. So nice. All right. Anything yeah. else from you? Uh, thanks to Andrew uh, and his post, or I don't know if it's a post or a text, but I played Battlefront Two with Dante because <laughs> oh, nice. it was free. I've been I've been meaning to uh to try it out. How's that? I haven't downloaded, but uh, we we had a pretty good time playing. Um, I think we spent most of the time just like figuring out how the game played and then also discussing man this game could have been so good if they did this or like mm. <laughs> or uh we also were like is this game only are we only having fun because we got it for free <laughs> like if we had bought this when it released would we have enjoyed it this much when it um, released probably not apparently when it released it was a uh, real rough. right yeah i i had said like it's it basically was scratching my my battlefield itch like i haven't played a battlefield game since like battlefield one and that was like 2016 2017 i think and like those there's there's something that's just fun about like playing in a squad and like running into these insane battle scenes like the game is is beautiful looking and mm. and we played a bunch of the galactic conquest mode which that, basically kind that's of always like, been my favorite yeah, it's like an event that plays out and it's it's very fun and cool and there's it's it's fun to like feel like you're hunkered down trying to protect a 
you know, a ship or, or, or a point and there's people running at you and you're just sitting there and you're like, don't die, buddy. We got to keep going, you know. <laughs> uh, I don't know. D- Dante and I have played a lot of Battlefield and Battlefront and we, we've always just been that, like, enjoyed games where you can hop into a, you know, play or play played two different classes and like help each other out be the medic like reviving the other guy and uh you know flying in the helicopter and one's on the gunner kind of thing but it's just they're fun multiplayer experiences and so i think we got we filled that little gap gap in our in our hearts (laughs) with a couple hours of battlefront 2 but i doubt we'll play it anymore cool do you play it a lot this uh well, it's been two weeks for you, so I guess that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, this was over two weeks. Cool. Anything One else? week of it was playing Assassin's Creed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, nope, yeah. All I right. kind of slowed down a little bit. Uh, I've been watching... I, I started watching the MCU, but in order. Uh, Andrew did that yeah. last year, two years ago? In chronological order or in release order? Chronological order. Oh, interesting. Gotcha. So I just finished Captain Marvel... Oh, yeah. that one's second. Yeah, after that's Captain second, America. Yeah. Gotcha. So cool. Um, all right. Do we want to talk about the the game that we all played together over this past week? Yeah, it's now time to talk about Scott Pilgrim. Scott Pilgrim <laughs> versus the World, the game. Oh my god! Uh, yeah, right. I think I think you guys played that one. Andrew has written a review of it. You can read that on thegamesharks.com. It's a really good, well written review. Uh, so you. definitely check that out. But uh, do you want to give a quick rundown of our our thoughts on, on how our experience went? It's bad. Yeah, I so I I'm the only one who actually played that game when it initially released in 2010. Uh, yeah. I I played it in a my dorm freshman year of college with a bunch of my buddies. I remember having fun, but this experience, I don't know, it just felt rough. Like everything, yeah. it's just a 2D beat 'em up, but everything was on a a 2d plane so it's like one it's like the old school beat it's like, it's like uh, turtles in time double dragon that type of stuff where uh, is it was dragon like, like it almost it almost had artificial lanes right like it was almost yeah. like a bunch of 2d planes stacked up on top of each other and if you weren't and each one of those is like a couple of pixels you yeah. know and so it's like if you weren't in the very specific location to do not even hit enemies but do anything else like pick up items and interact with other things then it just wouldn't work yeah it was unforgiving in that manner um the shop made no sense uh what else all of the combos and abilities were pointless wallace and uh steven stills had the exact same animations which was a little bit annoying and the same moves uh but the worst scenario of all is when we were all playing uh together the three of us yeah, oh, after, like, after like a week of figuring out like, hey, when are we going to play this game? Uh, and we finally got everyone together. We had like, we were waiting for a couple of hours because Derek had to make fucking ramen. Uh, <laughs> hey, that was then, real good. Yeah, I was going to say. I, yeah, really no, I don't know. I don't blame you at all. That looks fucking great. Um, <laughs> but, and then we try, we load up on the PC version and like it, it works through the Ubisoft account, which makes sense i understand but also we haven't used our ubisoft accounts ever i had so, to make a whole new one because it wouldn't let me log into my old one for some reason and then yeah. i had to i had to buy the game on epic game store and then log into an ubisoft account thing it was just so convoluted and dumb it took us 45 minutes 
for me to get the game up and running yeah, to the point where just, we could get just in the game to together. even get in a party. And then once we got in the game, the game physically broke. Yeah. Like we had on three separate occasions we had to talk we had to stop because we didn't finish we didn't even get halfway through the first level. Because the first time Tcon just didn't like load in. Yeah, he couldn't control it. Well, yeah, he he was sitting there. Everything was standing still. He couldn't control his character. The second time, uh, everyone was running around, but Tyler was seeing enemies that we weren't seeing, and like our games weren't synced. And then once all of us had defeated the enemies on our own screens, we uh, like we couldn't progress forward. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, then, like on Tcon's screen, all three of us were standing still, and on our screen, uh, Tcon was still running around and fighting people, but we couldn't see the people, and none of our health bars were re- re- reflecting the actual state of the game. Yeah, and then the last time we had just cleared a screen of enemies, and then we just couldn't walk forward. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, it, it was unfortunate that that's how that went, uh, but I wouldn't recommend buying that game. With yeah. the exception of being a huge Scott Pilgrim fan and uh, liking good Anamanaguchi music. Yes. Which is all Anamanaguchi music. Yeah, true. Um, um, Jeff and I did play it co-op locally uh, at yeah, work. Yeah, we played the first and, level. Yeah, and even then, like that's the best way to experience the game at hands down is local co-op. Uh, so if you have like a significant other or a roommate or somebody because there's a pandemic right now, uh, then that that's your best option. Um, and even after we played the first level, you know, we, we were kind of done. I, I, at this, we were like, yeah, we'll, we'll do like a level per day. Oh, maybe a level every other day. And now it's been three days and we're like, maybe we just won't ever go back to this. (laughs) Yeah. It just, it just feels bad to play, which kind of sucks, but yeah, it It, it always sucks when like a, a franchise that you like just gets a bad game. Yeah. Uh, but, well, I mean, the thing with this is that the game came out 10 years ago. Yeah, it's a 10-year-old game. It's like this storied relic of video game history. Like, hey, this beloved IP and franchise has a video game with beloved music and art, uh, and nobody can play it, and it's this big deal. And now they tried to celebrate the re- the anniversary of it by re-releasing it, and but they didn't. And they call it a complete edition, but there was no changes. Mm, it's mm. exactly the same. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, yeah, it, it's complete. Yeah, <laughs> technically, up. it's complete bullshit. <laughs> uh, so in our sadness, we went and played some more Left 4 Dead 2 together. Yeah. We, we did two, <laughs> two or three campaigns of that. Two, uh, we did two. Was, yeah. yeah. Uh, Heavy Rain and Swamp Fever. Sure. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah, Left 4 Dead 2 still a great video game. Mm-hmm. Very, still very good. <laughs> I discovered that I'm better at the game using a katana which is not recommended than <laughs> using guns hey man you do a lot of damage to tanks and witches and stuff so <laughs> yeah with Power a sword two. which is, uh, that's pretty crazy which is like usually the last place you want to be is right next to a tank <laughs> yeah right <laughs> um so yeah that was the game that we all played together and it's unfortunate that it wasn't very fun yeah uh what else have you been playing this week though andrew uh, oof. So since last episode, I finished Symphony of the Night, and Ooh. uh, that game's real fucking good. Like right? I'm a yeah. Like, there you go. I don't know whether it was like my mood at the time, because if I recall correctly, that was a bit of a of a rocky period for for last year. Hmm. Um, <laughs> I, mean, I, 
I want to say, and also that that was kind of like the beginning of the yeah, pandemic. Yeah, that was too, early it? pandemic. Because yeah, <laughs> yeah it was we like talked about pandemic. Super Metroid. Matt pulled <laughs> yeah. Symphony of the Night out of the hat, and I think like one or two episodes later, we were recording digitally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. So, I yeah, I really enjoyed it. Uh, it it does that thing that all Metroidvanias do, where once I like get in the groove, I just fucking ran with it. Like Derek, I was telling uh, Jeff last episode um that this time i just got it like i just understood yeah it and just I'm made like, sense yeah <laughs> like i just i'm like okay sure right. i was this, just like like I, i'll get a power and i'm like i know what to do and i just like <laughs> go to the to the next place that like logically i'm like okay this is the next location that i need to go to um you like equated it to like when when you picked up dark souls up for the second time right like yeah, it yeah. just something just clicked in your brain and it worked yeah, and I was like, okay, I, I can I can play this now. Um and so I <laughs> I was playing through the the inverted castle, which by the way, the inverted the inverted castle is some of the purest horseshit I've ever experienced in a video game. <laughs> Just the amount of like the the difficulty spike is ridiculous. The enemies in there do so much damage and there's so many of them. They're all of varieties you haven't seen up until that point and they just fucking chain hits on you forever. Uh and so yeah. but I, I think it does work in a way where they scale so that the enemy once you defeat them, you know, they give you a shit ton of experience. So you level up yeah. pretty quick. Uh but it was still a, a matter of just me like inching my way forward and then finally being strong enough to handle it uh at one point i ran into the hardest boss in the game by accident uh and then in my haste since since and this is a kind of a trend from video games of old but when games when you die in a game and it sends you back to the save screen or the title screen and then it goes back to the last point that you saved it doesn't doesn't retain any of your progress and that I hate that. So yeah. I was I was trying to fight that boss, unbeknownst to me, that I was not even remotely close to the power level I needed to actually fight him. And I must have died twenty times. And then, like by accident, one of the times I hit up on the on the main menu. And the fun fact: the menus for selecting your file and deleting your file are the exact same. Oh no! <laughs> so then I accidentally deleted my file. Uh. But then I recovered it from the from the cloud uh, nice. at, okay. at, an, at an earlier point, and I and I fucking I, I was able to recoup my progress a little bit. Instead of going right there, I went to a different. I went in a different direction, and then came back around and and beat the boss uh, after I, I was strong enough. Uh, so finished that. My question to you is: Which do you like better, Super Metroid or Symphony of the Night? Mm, still Super Metroid. Hmm. Okay. Uh, I agree with them. But on they're that both one. they're very they're very close. Yeah. But I I like Super Metroid more, I think. Um I think Super so, Metroid's Super Metroid's progression is just so streamlined in comparison. Would you say that Ori is more on the Metroid side while Hollow Knight is more on the Castlevania side because that's how I kind of feel. Yeah, that makes and sense. And I think that's why I like Hollow Knight more than Ori is because I actually like the Castlevania piece 
more than the Metroid piece. Mm. Yeah, I mean, the thing that that Hollow Knight and Symphony of the Night do really well is that they have more, like, I guess, there's there's a little bit more pure challenge to it. Right. Um, yeah. Like, like, Hollow Knight is basically a 2D Dark Souls. Right. Um, like, obviously, Hollow Knight has no RPG elements to it at all. Uh, it, I think it's the best, that's why I think it might be the best mix of both. It might be the best pure Metroidvania. Mm. Yeah. But, um, um, but yeah, I, I, I definitely see that comparison. Um, but after I finished that, that allowed me to just go all in on Demon Souls. And so I did that and I beat Demon Souls. Nice. <laughs> uh really i was really satisfied with it uh towards the end i inevitably i eventually just turned my i disconnected my ps5 entirely from my internet so that people would stop invading me (laughs) Um, because and i figured out the problem people only invade you and can only invade you when you're human um so the way the one way to uh you know rectify that is to die but when you die, you have less health. So I was like, well, I want to stay human and have more health. So I just, I'll just turn my PS5 off from the internet. And so that made it a lot smoother of an experience. Um, Do, does that affect the um, world tendencies at all? Or Yeah, I think if you turn your, the internet off, you lean towards the white world tendency more. You, you lean to, oh, you lean more towards white. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, so, the I think the coolest thing about that game is the Archdemons, which are the, like I explained earlier, the kind of fi- final bosses of each world. Because um, they all do, like, really unique things that the, the rest of the bosses... Like, the rest of the bosses are just, like, kind of big, hulking menaces. Um, whereas these ones are, like, actual, like, scri- not scripted, but, like, staged fights, almost. Like, the the boss of the of the second world is like just massive and you have to like they're like there are these harpoons or whatever that you have to use and the the challenge of the boss fight is kind of similar to the bed of chaos in dark souls and Uh it's you have to navigate to these locations where you can then weaken the boss and then once you actually like get in and hit them it's it's not that hard yeah, it harkens back almost to kind of like a, a a Zelda fight where there's specific objectives you have to achieve before you can do yeah. damage. I, I do like, uh, I will say I don't like the Bed of Chaos, but I do like that yeah. kind of, uh, I think that it's a good, like, kind of breaks up um, the, how, like, the difficulty of, of the bosses sometimes, or, it, like, it changes the challenge up a little bit instead of trying yeah. to figure out oh, when do I dodge? When do I attack? Whatever. It's, oh, what do I have to do now instead of that? And I think that's that's kind of cool. I wish there were more bosses like that um, in Dark Souls. Yeah. And then the the coolest one is the, the one at the end of... See, I don't know... How much do you know about Demon Souls, Derek? Uh, I don't potentially want to ruin the surprise for you. Oh, I, I mean, I, I guess... Uh, I, it would depend what what archstone uh, the the latria one the latria one that's the, the one the, you're in the prison of hope the prison of hope okay um 
I'm trying to think. I know about the blind boss. Blind do I know boss. any other bosses from that? What do you mean blind boss? Oh, uh, maybe that maybe that's not in the Prison of Hope. The the blind monk. Oh, that might be that. Oh that no, the blind that. monk. Yeah, the the old monk. The old monk. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know about that one? Yes, I know about that one. Okay, so then yeah, so the final, so the old monk, the fight. And I didn't technically get to experience this the way it was intended because I had my internet turned off. But what the fight does is it randomly connects you to another player, and that's the boss fight. You have yeah. to fight another player, and that's, that's like cool. such a that's such a fucking cool like that's the cool way to do to use the internet uh, capabilities. I just didn't want to have people just coming to kill me randomly. You know, if it's in that one instance, then I'm like, okay, yes, I will, I will allow this. This is fun. Um. So the Archdemons, like, it's really cool to to see them explore like how the the bosses can be designed and and you know what they can do within that engine. Um. And and it's it's another case where once you like at a certain point, once I had you know and like once I leveled up to a certain point, there was just no point in kind of like doing anything else other than just like gunning it mm -hmm. um and like after and then the first the last four bosses or so it's just, i was just like okay beat him move on beat him move on like there there's dropping like flies at that point um you're you're becoming a uh a, a soul uh well versed in the souls yeah <laughs> i actually i mean i always i i, I gotta say I was exploiting the game a little bit in that the PS5 is so like uh, technically capable that the game auto saves constantly. So yeah, what happens? So <laughs> if you exit, if you close the game, if you go up to your home screen and close the game in the animation, like the notoriously long animation for dying, and then you load back into the game, you just didn't die. So I did that. I was just doing that. <laughs> Jeez. That I believe the like b original equivalent to that is if it like I think I'm pretty sure you can do that in most Souls game. Like if you're about to die, you you just quit and then yeah. you spawn at the front of the door and you can like homeward bone or whatever. Um, it's also the first Souls game to I think have the ability to pause. Uh, if you need to pause, you can just open the photo mode. <laughs> Oh, the photo mode. <laughs> yeah, I've used that a few times. So I, I never, like, yeah, I never did that. There was there was one time I I like paused it, thinking like, oh, I, I just I'll just pause. And I just, I was in my inventory, and I went to the bathroom and came back, and I was dead. And I was like, well, shit. Hmm. You can um, also use it to like look around corners to see if there's like something coming up <laughs> that you might like. It it kind of cheeses a little things, but I don't know. Yeah, you know. yeah, it's still it was still really fun the whole way yeah. through. Um, such a, it's such a cool game. Uh, it was so, it was so fun. In fact, that I immediately followed that up by starting Dark Souls Two. Uh, yes, <laughs> I've only just gotten to Majula, so I haven't okay. really I haven't really done anything. You've done zero. Yeah, I've done <laughs> it, it, essentially. It's it's weird. Like, it's extremely evident as soon as you load in that it's different from Dark Souls, and it feels like they almost tried to blend Dark Souls and Demon Souls. Because in this game, when you die, you have less health, right? Yeah, that's a thing. Yeah, so it's like that, and so and they try and make it like 
there was just this weird big cinematic like cutscene intro introduction and then you like when you load into the game when you start a new file you don't create a class or anything you just get dropped in you have no weapons and then you run around until you find like these ladies these witches or some shit and then they're mm-hmm. like and they're like don't you remember who you are and then you then you create a name and a class and your character um so it's weird it, they're definitely you can tell they're trying to take a different spin on it um but yeah. i'm interested to see it, where it's it definitely goes. The, the most unique of the three i would say or of the yeah. four uh the four being dark souls one to three and then demon souls yeah okay um, um yeah yeah, and they also have the instead of leveling up at bonfires, you level up by talking to a lady. Right. Yeah, um, they brought that back, which they they then continued for for some reason. They decided after Dark Souls, let's just get, let's go back to the you have to talk to someone to level up instead of being able to level up anywhere. Yeah, which I kind of I kind of like. really. Yeah. I mean, it depends on how much Majula actually acts as a hub. I think the way the reason it works so well in Demon Souls is because you're constantly like the hub is the bonfire. That's where you're going back to like heal and buy items and and you know which buy that, spells. That, that's the case for Majula. Is that the hub is, is doesn't act that much as a hub? Yeah, but you go okay. back to Majula. Everything goes through all the levels route through Majula. Like every, you have to go back to Majula several times. Um, and uh. What was I going to say? In in Dark Souls, you don't get fast travel until like fifty to sixty percent through the game. Where yeah, but at... yeah, you start out with fast travel in this game, which is weird. Yeah, it it almost like it, it makes it seem like like dark. They catered Dark Souls one to be like a true experience, and like it it it's like it has a very particular introduction, like in order in which it introduces things, and and the way that the world right. is connected. Whereas Dark Souls 2, they were like, all right, uh, just put it in the in the same engine and make some more bosses, I guess. Uh, <laughs> at least. I mean, I'll, I'll have more judgments once I actually do things in the game, but... Yeah, I'm that's... curious, because you can go to, like, one of four, three or four places, or I guess three places from the beginning of the game. Yeah. Uh, and I, I, I'm, I'm curious to see where you go first, because there's usually like a place where where people go first, and then yeah, the forest, right? Because either... that's, that's where I wandered into the forest. Okay, uh, you, you did so, go to the forest of giants. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I wandered into it, and then I was like, I don't want to be here right now. That was before I'd even like the first thing I did when I walked into Majula, instead of going to rest at the bonfire, was turn turn around the corner and see what was behind the door. Um, yeah. And so I wandered into the forest, and I was like, I'm not going to be here right now. Uh. And then I walked around and went into Majula, and so I saw like the other two places I can go. But I think I am just going to go to the forest first because that's where I—that's the first place that I saw. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. The thing with the forest. Well, you know, I'm not gonna. I'll. I'll let you discuss. I want. I want you to. Okay. I want to hear your your experience with it. Yeah, definitely. Um, and then that is that is all I have played. This All week. right, a lot of a uh, lot of souls talk. Yeah, for real, <laughs> quite a it's bit. It's almost yeah. like they're uh, incredible games. Um, they are. They're not very off good there games. for a second. Uh, <laughs> all right, here's what I've been playing: Persona Five. I'm at 95 hours, and Akechi is my favorite character now. That's it. <laughs> That's my update. <laughs> I'm, 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 just, I'm just playing Persona Five still. 
I I don't really have many more updates. Nothing and nothing new to say. It's still incredible. Five hours. I'm 95 hours. I think I have. I'm at the end. I'm not sure. I think there's one or two dungeons left, but then there's all like the <sighs> the royal uh, third semester stuff I haven't done yet. So uh, yeah, I'm. It's looking like maybe 120, 130 in the end. So we'll see. Holy crap. Mm. I'm enjoying it a lot as I play it though, but um, I don't know. We'll see because the medium comes out next week, and I'm I'm playing that when it first comes out. I'm really excited about that. Uh, so we'll see if I play them uh, at the same time, or if I put one down, uh, or if I put Persona down for the medium. But yeah, I'm loving Persona quite a bit. It's a very good video game. Uh, Adam, what have you been playing in the last week? Anything new uh... and interesting? Or are you just focusing on Resident Evil? A lot of Resident Evil, making sure I got that done. Uh, Playing a little bit of Deep Rock Galactic again. I'm trying to promote a character so I can do what's called a deep dive. Which is pretty much just three back-to-back missions where you're conserving ammo between each. Mm -hmm. Uh, My buddy Royal loves playing them, but you can only do it if you promote a character. Which means getting one of the four classes level 25. So it's taking some time, but I'm trying to get there. Mm Mm-hmm. Aside from that, uh, today uh, TFT just released its new like mid-set patch. Oh uh, yeah, I heard Orn is busted. Uh, I haven't been doing a lot of Orn, but I can tell you Dragon Soul is very popular and the bane of my existence because I keep trying to get it to work. As are like half of the other players. <laughs> so because it pretty much gives you the Elder Dragon execute, where like every five attacks, you just deal half of the enemy's health bar. Hmm, that sounds okay. busted. It is pretty busted if you get it working. So the problem is, I keep trying to get it to work. But like I said, so is like half of the other people. So I can never find anything to make it work. Because someone got lucky and got to it before I did. Mm. Uh, Andrew and I played some League yesterday, in which we discovered that until yesterday, we had not won a game together playing the same game since December 6th. <laughs> we broke that streak, finally. Congratulations. Yes, finally. We're also and then, and then immediately cursed. continued it. Yeah, we're cursed. Every time the two of us play together, just the two of us, the other three people feed. Yeah, like, sometimes like And sometimes uh, me and the other three people feed. <laughs> and sometimes it's me and Andrew and the other three people feed. Yeah, I'll have to play with you sometime and bust out my support Ash, which uh, apparently so, is depends on the day. Pretty, but uh, like yeah. A, aside from the old... it's a situation I... where you know, I just I'm just fucking awful at laning in off rolls um so once like the mid game hits i'm fine and but the the fucking early parts of the game are torture <laughs> yeah like, uh, like it shows you your death recap now and like huh that's balanced the fight lasted three seconds and i was stunned for 2.8 that's <laughs> fair <laughs> just don't get stunned yep. yeah that's that's pretty much how you win just don't get stunned because once you are your health bar just melts yeah, just don't get You hit. can't do anything about it. Hmm. But yeah, just some just some of the usual staples aside from Resident <laughs> Evil 4 this week. Cool. All right. Well, then I guess we will take a break. And when we come back, we will talk about Resident Evil 4 for the Backlog Power Hour. Woo. Okay. I have, I have pizza, so I'm going to go eat that. I'll be back. Okay. I have pee to expel from my bladder. We have returned, and it is time to talk about the video game Resident 
Evil 4. Uh, I have played this game before. I owned it for the Wii back in the day. It was a gift for my brother. Uh, I actually never beat it on the Wii, but I bought it on the PC. Uh, that was, I think, like 2015, 2016. I, I beat it back then. So I have played and beaten this game before. But the three of you have never played it before. So this is nope. your first experience with Resident Evil 4. Uh, the game that a lot of people consider to be the best in the Resident Evil franchise. Some people consider it one of the greatest video games of all time. So, what did we think? Resident Evil 4. What were, what were your thoughts? Okay, I guess we'll start with Adam. Adam. So, meh. So Adam, Just, meh. Explain. I think it was really well designed. It had a great story. Like, a lot of really interesting, like, world design choices. But I gotta say, I'm not a fan of the combat. Interesting. I would see. I would argue the opposite that the story is dumb and pointless, but <laughs> but it's the, it's the combat and like the survival horror that makes it fun. Like the survival is fun, yes, but like I don't really like how like a lot of times like okay, ten zombies running towards me. I will sit here slowly, move my gun and not move and shoot. Mm. Like that, I just yeah didn't really controls. get behind. Yeah. That's that's what people say when they were when they refer to tank controls. That's what they mean, right? Yeah, that, yeah. yeah it's like the, just the, the fact controls. that he moved. Like I played it on the Switch, so I don't know if it's different on other things, but just he moves his gun so slowly. Yeah, no, that's not different. That's just how it is. I don't know if the, I don't think there's sensitivity options either. I think it's just that is no, what it is. No, so. there's nothing. Yeah, and like it, being, like the first part of this game where I'm playing on Switch, like this is gonna be great. Then like a few minutes in, like. Wait, why the hell does this not have motion controls? This would be so much better with the gyroscope. So that was one of the first things I said when I uh, started playing it is it felt super rough and it takes a long time to get used to controls compared to any other shooter that you play. But the first two times I played it was on the Wii, which had the Wii remote aiming, which I think is hands down the best way to play this. Your aiming is pinpoint accurate. Uh, And then the second time I played it was on the PC, which was mouse and keyboard. So the aiming was was still great uh but there's a lot of weapon sway naturally built into the game which is makes things difficult so aiming on the wii remote and with a mouse keyboard uh was so much easier than on a ps5 controller yeah like i was playing on joy cons Mm. i played on gamecube whoa yeah oh yeah so what did everyone play on i played this on ps5 adam was switched derek was also ps5 yeah i was also ps5 okay And 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 i was gamecube yeah so, yeah. did you use the C stick to aim, or did you use yep. the analog? Okay, so there is no, still the yeah. option to use the C stick. The... Okay. Actually, no, yeah, you use the C stick. Because it, it's an option to use... Actually, no. Yeah, you yeah. use the left stick. No, so yeah, you use the left stick to move normally, and then you press R to bring up, to like, hold up your gun, and then you can aim. But you, yeah. yeah, but you can't move. Mm. Right. Yeah. So that's okay. how that worked. All right. So Adam I, Adam felt meh overall. I'm curious to know, like Derek, what was your overall thoughts? Um, I really like it. Mm. So I feel like I don't mind. I actually think I I am worried. Not worried. I because I know I don't want them to change the tank controls in the remake because I feel like so. In, I I've played a lot of um, games that I guess kind of have these types of controls. Like I played the first game, which obviously like is similar. 
mm-hmm. uh, in the sense that like you can't you played the remake of the first one, right? Well, I played like the remaster or whatever. Yeah, it, yeah. it's still pretty much the same ish. Mm-hmm. Uh, like the controls are the same. Is it still like fixed camera angles in that one? Yes. Okay. Yeah, it's still fixed camera angles. Okay. Um, and then uh, I played a lot of Metal Gear Solid, which also has kind of the like you can't move and shoot thing like you move and then when you're going to shoot someone you go into first person mode and then you aim to where you're going to shoot like that's how the one two three originally like all worked um it wasn't till i think the re like the re-release of three that they added kind of the over the shoulder third person ability like way to kill you know Mm -hmm. shoot people's but i i just and i know andrew you've played the two remake and the three remake which mm-hmm. obviously they are able to translate those games gameplay into a more modern game but i feel like this game they like four perfected the resident evil formula of the like the tank controls so i don't know like I didn't have any... Tr- I immediately, like, got used to the controls and was, like, good to go for the rest. I don't feel like I had any trouble, like, hitting any of my shots. Like, I feel like I was very good at, like, approaching an encounter, basically, and then, like, positioning myself to not get overwhelmed. Mm. Uh, like, leaving room to to do the, you know, the quick turn and run and then quick turn back and shoot again. Uh I like I feel like I got into this game and just like made it my bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you'd beaten it in like a two days or something, right? I think oh, I took a picture of my like final time total. Um, like in game play time? Yeah. I think it was like twelve hours. Yeah, that's about what how long it took me. Yeah. I'd I'd beat Th- it before. 13 so. hours. Okay. I, I died. It. I wrote it down times. too. That's oh, I wrote. I wrote all this down. I have to fucking find it. Give me a I sec. I forgot to write mine down. And my hit ratio was seventy-one percent. Ooh, that's pretty high. Did yeah. you use the submachine gun a lot? That thing always uh, tanked my accuracy. So I did. I used the submachine gun like when you get it for a little bit, and then mm-hmm. I stopped using it for a while because I was like, the submachine gun is sucks. Like Ooh. it's inefficient. I don't want to use it. And then towards the later game. It was the only ammo that was showing up, so I was like, "Fuck!" I get, like yeah. by then I had a big I had, enough inventory to like stick it in there. I had that um, exact same arc with it. It's that I'd never bought it again. Oh really? Uh, yeah. See, I I love that gun. It's so helpful when you get overwhelmed because you can stack. You can like just do a kind of a left to right motion and stagger a bunch of people, and it gives you the opportunity to get out of a sticky situation or like high DPS on. On bosses, it's also yeah, really good for. Right. Yeah. Uh, I think. So, when did you guys did you, did you or when did you figure out that the suplex was a thing? Because once the I what? figured out that you could do that, <laughs> it changed the game. You can what? <laughs> oh my god! So if you like shoot them in the kneecaps, they will fall on their knees, and then you can walk up to them and hit press square to do a suplex, and it's an instant kill. So it's basically. I'm sorry. Ready. There's a what now? Yeah, <laughs> I figured this out. I think in chapter three, like when it, when I was in the castle, 
it is the best way to like conserve ammo because you just shoot mm. them in the leg with a pistol to the on their knees and then you do the suplex and they die. Uh, I was now years old when I figured that out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see, I always I did it the old fashioned way. I never used the suplex move. I always would shoot them in the head so that they would be staggered and then and then kick them and then kick and them over it. and then run up and knife them. Yeah. Yeah, so if they're just sitting on the ground, you can just run up and knife them endlessly, and then they'll just eventually die. Uh, but yeah, the suplex found, is, bu- uh, is busted. Yeah. I found my stats. Super cool. I had 70% hit ratio, 59 deaths, and 19 hours. Wow, so pretty similar. Did you do a lot of the uh, side stuff, like the gun things? You mean the shooting galleries? Yeah, the shooting galleries. Uh, I didn't do... I tried it a couple of times. I also just took a long time to explore the areas. Like, I would, I would like, search every nook and cranny for stuff. Yeah. Okay. Did you... So, so I, Jeff, you had mentioned, I think, on last week's episode about the treasures. Mm-hmm. Um, how you were going to have a lot more money because you knew all that, about all the treasure stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the only one... I didn't complete was the last one. Uh, what is it? Oh, I fucked up the 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 crown jewels. I was pissed about that. Uh, yeah, see, it's hard because you have to plan ahead of time. And if you don't know like about combining stuff early and you sell stuff before you combine it, you can really screw yourself over. Yeah. Well, I, 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 didn't I just got his... impatient. <laughs> right hand man or whatever so i didn't get the other piece oh yeah the other thing is like one of the things i was thinking about is early on i think it's in like right after that initial village opening sequence which by the way is one of the best openings in video games where it's you're just thrown in it and you have to just survive and you're like how am i going to kill all these people and eventually the bell rings and they all leave yeah and then the the resident evil 4 shows up on the screen oh man that moment's incredible uh but Mm. like the area right after that there is a a necklace hanging and you got to shoot it down. It's in a well, but if you shoot it, it lands in the water and gets all muddied and it's worth like a thousand. But if you shoot the plank of wood and to close the well first, uh, it falls and it's not dirty and it's worth like 10,000. So there's like a lot of small tricks like that, that I figured you guys probably wouldn't know about. Yeah. I didn't, did not know that. Yeah. Yeah. In terms of combining like gems with their, with their vessels, I just would get impatient. I'm like, I know that, that that I'm going to find something to combine with this later, but I just need the money now. Oh man. It like quadruples the amount of money. Yeah. I know. I did. I did combine a few of them, but I, but I just fucking didn't care at at a certain point. I was just like, I'm getting along well enough with where I am. So uh, before we get too off track, so Derek, overall, you you're a big fan. You really liked it. Yes. I I really liked it. Andrew, how did you feel overall? Uh, I have mixed opinions. In for the kind of similar reasons that Adam mentioned, I love the atmosphere of the game. I think its atmosphere is impeccable. Mm. Um, in terms of the like, it's so ominous and eerie, and like you said, you just get thrown into it. You kind of have no fucking idea what's going on. It's just like, I don't know, go fucking rescue the president's daughter. <laughs> um, uh, and while the tank controls are definitely cumbersome and frustrating, I think it is it works because it adds an intentional sense of tension. I did not mean for those words to sound so similar. <laughs> um, but it adds a level of tension to the game 
that increases kind of the dread that you feel that isn't does that is different in this game than it is in other resident evil games because the way that other resident evil games add the tension is by limiting your ammo but in this game there's a shit ton of ammo because not only is your gun your weapon but it's also your tool to solve puzzles in the overworld which is fucking awesome hmm like like you mentioned with the board and the well right like stuff like that it's like you're using your gun to interact with your environment so you're going to be using bullets to like shoot stuff down and like hit targets and whatever yeah so the excess ammo makes sense so then the tension comes with trying to not like you know fuck up your controls um but then on the other hand uh there's just a lot of this game that i'm that feels so like cheesy and and and, like so campy oh yeah dude (laughs) (laughs) it's like this is the most like stereotypical action movie in video game form i've ever seen they literally ride a jet ski into the sunset at the end yeah Yeah, it does have it is yeah the the writing and the voice acting in this game is bad yeah it's just it's really bad yeah it is yeah Bad to the point where it loops back around to, like, being a bit charming. Yeah, being so bad, it's good. Like, in that opening scene when when Leon's, like, almost dies and then everybody, all the people leave the village. And he's like, where'd everybody go? Bingo? It's like, come on, (laughs) Leon. What the fuck? But that's the thing, is that's what I think, like, in in 2000, what, two? Five. Five, when this game came out, like... It wasn't trying to be anything. It uh, like I think it's exactly what it needed to be. Yeah, I think in two thousand five, mm. this game is a ten out of ten. Mm, yeah, I, I agree. I agree that this is one of the best games of all time because of its influence at the time. But as I've explained multiple times before, I am approaching it more so from how do I feel playing it now in twenty twenty one. Yeah, and it's um, it's good that you can you can differentiate the two. You can say, yeah, I recognize that this game is incredible for its time, but playing it now doesn't feel so great. Yeah, that's why I firmly believe the Resident Evil Four remake will be the best game in the series. I, mm. <laughs> uh, I I can't stop thinking about because I was so confused reading the achievements, uh, and I think one of the achievements is like nice ballistics or something, <laughs> and then like there's nothing to do with missiles in that part of the game, and <laughs> like. Uh, what's his face? Uh, Louis, 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 Louis makes the joke about, about Ashley uh, having a nice set of ballistics. Oh my, my god! <laughs> my nine was just blown. I was like, oh my god, it's a boob joke. It, it it sucks the way that Ashley is treated in this game. Like they constantly look up her skirt. Her boobs oh, yeah. are super unnaturally bouncy. And but, then at the end of the game, she asked Leon to go home to fuck him. <laughs> it's like she's, she's supposed she's, to be 16 no she's 20 oh she's, she's 20 oh that's 20. right she's a college student it's still yeah. weird she's 20 yeah. years old um but so would you put this in the context of how this was made by japanese developers that makes way more sense it, like completely because yeah. like that's the kind of weird yeah. shit that, like would happen in metal gear solid and and like other like it final fantasy 7 jeff like yeah. this yeah, is the kind of like a, writing is... humor like you see in those games. Yeah, and Japanese like humor falls way farther under perversion than American humor does. Hmm. Um, yeah, 
Ashley, Ashley is 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 fun. <laughs> uh, that's the, I I hated that it was a giant escort mission. It's one of the best escort yeah. missions ever. Yes, it's, but okay, I just okay, don't right. think that escort missions should exist. Yeah, it's not the whole game though. It's no, true. It disappears like, for large chunks of it. Yeah, yeah but, but I, I just I just hate that it was it was so involved. My least favorite parts were the ones where I had just had to babysit Ashley. I'm like, okay, just one minor point out of the way. Why the fuck can't she use a ladder? Why is it every time there's a ledge, I have to catch her or she just leaps off the side? <laughs> I think the bigger question, Adam, is why can't anyone climb down ladders? Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> everyone they has all to jump, jump off of ladders. It's <laughs> a good question. Um, yeah, I don't know. I didn't mind. Like, I, I never thought Ashley was a, a hindrance at all. She, The AI behind her is actually really smart. Like, if you aim and she's in front of you, she'll duck so she doesn't get shot. She tends yeah, to try to keep behind you. You can tell her to stay put or follow you. You can tell her to hide in dumpsters and stuff. So you mm-hmm. can say, hey, hide here. Go fight whatever, like, monsters or zombies you have to fight. And then once everything's cleared, say, okay, now follow me. Like, I felt like they did it so well that it it was like an afterthought for me. And I didn't really... At no point was I ever like, oh, man, goddamn Ashley escort mission... Yeah, it's just it's just another thing that you have to worry about. Yeah. And I at that point I'm like I'm already in the middle of fighting five zombie villagers. I don't want to I don't want to deal with this girl getting kidnapped too. Yeah. I was kind of worried when like that when you first get to her and I was like, "Oh shit, like I'm going to have to balance like keeping her out of the harm's way and like also like fighting the zombies and it's going to like be this whole pain in the ass thing." But I I want to say I don't think I ever had her die because of like uh, someone grabbed her or like I carrying like, her away. Yeah, like I didn't have her hide or anything like that. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure the only time she died was because I shot her in the head. Yeah, I, I, I did that shot once. Her once. <laughs> I, I, I've done that with a couple of uh, ill-placed grenades. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, so if I forgot how you unlock it, but there's all sorts of bonus campaigns, like a campaign where you play as Ada and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Uh, eventually, you unlock a a suit of armor for Ashley, like old time England knight's armor, <laughs> and people can't physically pick her up. So people will try to pick her up, and they fall over because she's too heavy. Hmm. So then it becomes like you don't have to worry about her at all. She's just that's pretty cool, indestructible. Yeah, it's pretty great. This game does a lot of cool things once you beat it. Where like there's a you can unlock an infinite rocket launcher on your second playthrough. Yeah, also, yeah, yeah, I got I got that message. The infinite yeah. rocket launcher, how, which would have been so good in the actual. How game. many rocket launchers did you guys buy, and did you realize that it breaks the game? Yes, I did I realize that it breaks any... the game. Wait, rocket! I bought one whenever I could. Oh no, not the mine launcher. No, I never no. bought any rocket launchers, dude. Yeah, you one shot bosses with it. Really? Uh, yeah. Why I kept buying them? I. Uh, Salazar, I one-shot him with the yeah. rocket launcher, which I kind of feel just makes sense because I was at the point where, like, you know, I've been running around this castle for the last two chapters. Just fuck this guy. I'm not participating in this. Yeah, boss right. Fight. Uh, yeah, it's pretty huh. incredible. Like the first El Gigante you fight, it's supposed to be this massive, crazy fight, but you just pull out a rocket launcher. You can shoot him in the big toe, and he just instantly dies. <laughs> uh, all oh, yeah, I did, I did uh, the same thing later with duty. other Gigante, <laughs> other yeah. giants. Yeah, there's a couple, like some of the key bosses where, uh, who was it? I think it was Salazar. Is that the, the short dude with the tricorn hat? Is that Salazar? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Little, little Napoleon? Yeah. Little I think Napoleon. I one shot him, but there was another one where I hit with a rocket launcher and then one bullet from the Magnum and he died. But so, yeah. Like, 
that's another thing where it's like, I wonder if they'll figure this out. And so I had a way easier time fighting the bigger bosses because I always made sure to save money and room in my inventory to buy a rocket launcher to have yes. with me for every boss fight. I, I, fi I figured that out early on where just like, okay, whenever I find the merchant, if I got the money, I'm buying a rocket launcher because there's just some things I'm not going to want to deal with. Yeah, they're, mm -hmm. they're busted. So yeah, those I are never... Really fun. I never purchased them, so I fought bosses the normal way. Yeah, I don't think I used a rocket launcher on any boss, except like the final boss where you have to use the rocket launcher. You No, you don't. You don't have to use a rocket launcher on the final boss. When, when, when Ada comes in and says, Leon, and throws you a rocket launcher... Why would you not use the rocket launcher? Oh, uh, <laughs> I, cool I, I guess I heard, I don't remember that happening. I already had one on me, so I guess she didn't do oh, that. Yeah, so you probably already killed the boss. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, so speaking of the final boss, did anyone else feel like that was the weakest boss fight out of the entire game? Yes, <laughs> my entire strategy was, okay, shoot him in the eye. Oh, crap, he's near me. Run to the other side. Do it again. And he just never could touch me. Yeah, and no. there's only there's only like one phase. He doesn't do any cool evolutions or anything. He's just this spider monster thing. You shoot one of the eyeballs on the leg, he topples over. Yeah. You shoot the eyeball in the center of his body. You do that like four or five times, and then he dies. I yeah, I think I had a uh, easier time with the first one. Who the one that? where the the guy's spine like spine extends and he has all the oh yeah the um, dangly claws. Oh, the village really? leader. I feel like I struggled with him quite a bit. He was really a hard I, boss. I had okay. a harder time with the final boss than I did. Interesting. No, I definitely had an easier time with the final, and like it was just a comically small area to fight that thing in, in my opinion. Mm. It I was agree. really small and like very simple mechanics of oh, I wonder what I'm supposed to hit the. Like the armor on the legs or the giant distended eyeballs. That's a tough one, guys. Uh, yeah, I think the boss that gave me most trouble was Krauser. Oh, he was also very. Oh, oh yeah. Krauser yeah. was tough. I, I no, yeah, that's that was by far the, the fight that gave me the most trouble. Because you also have that time limit. And oh my there's God, yeah. when the the like window to shoot him to stun him, but like there's a small window where he like lifts his shield to attack you, and then the prompt comes up to dodge where i think and i think i it only happened with the tmp i think other weapons this didn't happen but with the tmp if i was holding down shooting him mm -hmm. if the prompt came up too soon it would stop shooting him and so i would miss the like i would not only not do enough stun damage to him to stun him but i would also miss the prompt because like it would count my like shooting him as my input so it like completely would fuck up and i so like i ended up not even using the tmp to stun him there and i would just use like whatever i don't know shotgun or something to to better hit that window but it was like weird like i kept like struggling with that because i couldn't consistently get him to st be stunned yeah that whole sequence of events where you have to run around that area and he's just kind of chasing you around shooting you is yeah probably one of the trickier parts of the whole game yeah uh, I unlocked a trophy that was, was like the rescue Ashley trophy. And I just clicked. I always like to, whenever a trophy pops up, just to click to look at the stats. Only 15% of people who played on PlayStation got that trophy. What? Which is like a you, what, maybe a third what? of the way into the game. Maybe. Oh, so you're saying that's like a story trophy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which is crazy to me. So only 15% of the people who bought the game got more than a third of the way into it. Yeah. Maybe a quarter of the way. Some people are just like that. Yeah, I don't know. I want to say it's also possible the game might have been, like, 
I want to say games that go on PS Plus a lot of times have more inflated trophy Was this percentages. A PS Plus game? It might have been at some point in its life. Like this game has been out on PS4 forever. I guess that's you know? true. Like it might have been, or it might have been a deal. You know, it's probably been on sale several times. Like I feel like a lot of people buy the game and then don't play it. Yeah, and that inflates the trophy score, the trophy percentage. Gotcha. That makes sense. Um, uh, what else? I took a whole bunch of notes. Oh, um, the audio design was really bad. I don't know. I played with headphones a bunch. I don't know if you guys did it all, but it the audio of the enemies never once helped me determine where they were. And no oh, matter yeah, like... no matter what direction I turned and faced, the audio sounded exactly the same. And no matter how close or far I was away from something. They always sounded the same volume too. And yeah, and I don't know if you heard this problem too, but I would sometimes hear like the the villagers talking, like there'd just be none around me. Like, why is why am I hearing them if they're not here? Mm, yeah, it's it's like it was it was rough, and I don't know if that was an intentional decision or if it was an oversight, but it was like really <laughs> inf- frustrating because it like made it sound like I was there were people right next to me or right behind me and then I would look around and they were down a corridor like 50 feet away you know I think that just might be a symptom of the game being made in 2005 yeah Uh, you couldn't get too crazy with audio back then Yeah, I don't remember the first game I played that had like it might have been like a battlefield game actually that had like spatial audio where I could like physically hear footsteps behind me but it wasn't in 2005 yeah yeah uh it definitely i i wouldn't doubt if the audio is there just to say there's an enemy somewhere yeah i mean i felt like the music did a good job because like there was always creepy music when there was an enemy nearby and then when you killed them all the music would stop so yeah i felt like that was a good indication of that and i don't yeah I'm assuming it is just a product of its time, but if they ever do an RE4 remake, it'll be cool to not have that. Because like in RE2 remake, the audio was a very good tool for you to use to know where enemies were around you. Right. Whereas here, it was just the opposite. Yeah, I think the remake will will make, like I said, it'll make it the best game in the series. It's going to solve a lot of problems that this game has. Because mm. um, I think that in general, the game is designed very well. Um, well, yeah, no doubt about it. Like my main complaint, I just wish I could move while I was shooting. Yeah, I, but like the whole game is designed around you not being able to do that. You know? Right. Like the game will be, have to be fundamentally changed to to. It'd be, yeah, it'd be a very very different game. Yeah, True. it would be no, very I, easy. <laughs> True, it would be very easy. Like I got used to it over time. Like it took a while, but yeah, I got used to the combat system, and like it kind of grew on me. But still, like in the beginning, like I literally started playing the game. Like, oh wait, oh he moves so slow. I, I'm aiming so slow. This this kind of sucks. Yeah. Well, you yeah. have to remember this was released in a time where there weren't a ton of first person shooters, and yeah, a large that's... majority of them were PC games. Like what? Halo. Yeah. Halo Three wasn't out yet, so like you had the first two Halo games and the first few Call of Duties, but that was really it for big non PC FPSs. Also, I, I I think horror games were were not. Like, th- there wasn't a third-person shooter horror game at this point. Like, Resident Evil 4 was kind of, like, the first that kind of put you in that third-person perspective, but they still kind of stuck with what 
the original series had done. I, I, I don't think I wouldn't doubt it's until maybe like Dead Space where you have a third person action horror game. You know, like there's a reason that Resident Evil Five is like the less liked of the series and because it's like the first game that like jumped to the 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 more action oriented third person like move and shoot thing and that fundamentally changes the game i you know there's a reason they moved back to they moved to first person for these sequels and it's because people did not like what they were doing with <clears throat> the third and the third person perspective in five and six and yeah. like i it's funny to me to now see seven or not seven eight still stick with the first person how after they've clearly now re-nailed how like they've made third person work with resident evil 2 remake and resident evil 3 remake it's kind of a funny like thing to think about like oh we finally made third person action kind of perspective work in a horror setting but let's keep like we already set the precedent with the first person with Ethan. So I guess we'll stick with first person and the remakes will be third person. Um, quick time events. Yay or nay? Um, both. Yay. Yeah. Kind of both. I'm full, like, full nay. Yeah. Full nay. I, I mean, I, hate I think, I think it really works when it's in the middle of action instead of, I hate them when they're doing cutscenes. Yeah, Get that the out amount of times there. I'm like itching nope, my face nope. during a cutscene and then Krauser just cuts my head off. I'm like, yeah, the, the Krauser fight specifically, <laughs> that cutscene is like five minutes long and there's just random, you know, quick time events throughout and sometimes they change so like I'll miss one and then I'm like, okay and then I have to rewatch it and then I go back to uh, to where I, I died the first time and then it's a different button and I'm like, well shit yeah, uh, yeah that, but that's I think like, but like when you when you kick stuff, when you kick enemies, that's when it works. But that yeah, could just as easily be be associated with a button on, yeah, on like, say, updated. I, I don't think that's a quick time event so much as like a a trigger. A quick time yeah. more is like all of a sudden it's like you have to hit these two buttons or you die. Yeah, <laughs> the fact that like ninety percent of those, I think I put the controller down and then they happened. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's dumb. I'd greatly mm-hmm. dislike them. I did figure out there's like there's only two combinations. There's L and R or and L2, and B. L2, R2, and then yeah, cross and square on the places. Oh, so yeah. and I would just hit all four and it would work. <laughs> so I didn't have to figure out which ones it was asking me to do. So you, you were able to cheese it in that way. Yeah. The game has a ton of, of just like random stuff like that. Like cause sometimes the quick time events will just be thrown in and you like won't expect it because it's been so long since the last one. And so, like, there's so much stuff in this game that just feels like they threw it in just to put it in there. Like, hmm. there's so, like I mentioned a lot earlier with the campiness, uh, there's a lot of, like, action movie tropes, kind of. Like, oh, yeah. the slowly descending spiked ceiling or giant drill in a long, narrow hallway. Oh, there's I a, forgot about that. There's just a fucking room filled with lava. Yep. <laughs> like, fire-breathing <laughs> dragon statues. Yeah, like, yeah. How big was that castle? pretty big castle yeah stuff like that so it's just they all just felt i was like all right this is here now but it, it almost like fits in the sense that the entire game is that yeah i have I, one note here uh leon was able to hold his own with a rope tied around his leg while being dragged by a prehistoric sea monster yeah <laughs> 
Yeah. Oh yeah, that. It's like, oh, his leg didn't get ripped off. And He's pretty buff. The and Ashley and Leon were able to cure a life-threatening parasite from themselves in like ten minutes with no training or experience. Well, to be fair, uh, if you pick up all of the, I, I don't know, I don't have a reason. <laughs> 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 yeah. <laughs> I this is this is the first game I think that kind of kind of goes into the non zombie-ish stuff, right? Yeah. It's, uh, it's more of like a a parasite and less like living like dead. Z- yeah. It's, it's zombie adjacent. Yeah. Yeah. It, I it, I love the way that it builds though. Cuz at first the villagers you're like okay, these guys are kind of weird, but they're still humans right and then like as you progress through the game and as more is revealed to you then they start like like not only does the story progress but the evolution of the parasites progress so then the parasites slowly like get more powerful and start to do different things yeah and that's just really cool i think that's the biggest success of this game so how many moments were you you did you like kill an enemy 10 to 20 times they're like okay i understand how this works and then they add something new to fuck with your understanding of how that thing's what you're like like you're saying you just kill a basic villager and then eventually one time a, a parasite sprouts out of their head and you're just like what the fuck is this and yeah then, i remember that and then you're like you get used to that finally and then a bigger parasite sp- comes out of there yeah. and they can like hit you from a distance now and then, yeah, and, then that, they, and then they detach and then they detach and run at you it's like there's just these moments of like one upping and it's just every time or like the first time you run into a regenerator and you're just like what do i do here oh yeah those yeah. things and are then so you have cool the thermal scope and it's like yeah oh that that was a great moment yeah. yeah, that was I, I did enjoy that. Like that was a really cool like gameplay way of here's how you deal with this new enemy. And like we're going to make things a little different for you now. Yeah, I think it, it it's one of its greatest achievements is like those moments of like, oh, my God, I wasn't expecting this and I'm terrified. Yeah, it's just I think the way that the, that the game builds on itself is like throughout the story is pretty great. Mm-hmm. The, and the in, even narratively too, kind of as you're progressing through the game, occasionally you'll find these like notes that are written by either Luis or the main villain uh, or whoever and it's kind of not only charting your progress but giving you the player an insight into the thoughts of the villains and it kind of shows how they're always like one step ahead and it's it's it was a really cool way to do world building mm. you, you can see that like there's a couple where it's like damn it like how are we going to get rid of this American? And, you know, you know, like he keeps getting further. How do how are we going to get rid of yeah, him? who's That's the idiot kinda... who's writing these notes? Be like, oh, we, we're going to bring the girl to this spot. Hopefully the American doesn't find it. And fucking yeah. Leon's reading this note. Oh, I guess I'm going to the castle now. Like, yeah. who, who's writing these notes? Stop. Also, how the hell did Luis get around? We, well, that's question. like his he that's like he worked there. Oh, right. did he? So he, he knew the inner workings and whatnot. Okay. Yeah, that that's what all that the makes, notes say. He's like, that makes sense. He's the My doctor question. who created the parasite, or no? He like was doing research on the parasite. How did gotcha. the merchant get around? <laughs> what are you buying? That dude's magical. Uh, I'm I, surprised he, we've gone this long without mentioning that. Or he's, yeah, that. he's one of the most iconic characters in video games. I think <laughs> the merchant from Resident Evil Four. Uh, yeah, just yeah. The, what are you buying? This mysterious. Yeah. Just another thug. just fucking random unexplained thing that's like just here. It's just yeah, there. just sure whatever. I guess we're rolling yeah. with this. Yeah. There comes a certain point where there's just a bunch of random crap happening, and you're like, 
Well, you know, it's no weirder than anything else that's happened. So I'm just going to exactly. Accept mm. And I think back in the the day, it was like they kind of expected you to have played the first three and have a understanding because it is a progression of the story. Like you're supposed to know mm. who Leon is and whatnot. And like they talk about Umbrella in the beginning and Wesker in there and Krauser. Like there's reoccurring and characters there. Yeah, exactly. There are reoccurring characters and whatnot. So it makes a little bit more sense if you have the understanding of the first three <laughs> games. But so, so I don't know how different the story is uh, of Resident Evil Two from original compared to remake. I don't know if they changed I think anything. I think it's exactly the same. Because I thought Ida died. No, it's supposed. It's a, one of those fake out things. Yeah, and also no one in Resident Evil ever. Dies. However, however. In the remake, uh, Ada and Leon share a little bit of a smoochy smooch in the in the cable car, and that <laughs> that uh, emotion does not show up at all in four, and that was a little weird coming from the remake to this. Nah, man, they like each other. I they... mean, she's kind of, she's kind of a bitch to him though. Yeah, but like, like in a lovable first. way. I I didn't get that read. <laughs> uh, so one cool thing that this game does technically that I wanted to talk about. Uh, I don't know if you noticed, but there's no difficulty setting when you play through the game the first time. That is because the oh, yeah. game the game has a dynamic difficulty built into it. And it's one of the first couple of games to have done this, where the game looks at how well you are performing or how poorly you're performing, and then will adjust the difficulty based on that. So if you keep dying in a, like a certain spot, they'll give you more ammo. And if you keep dying still, they'll they'll spawn less enemies or they'll make it so the enemies have less aggro. And then inversely, if, you, if you're killing all the enemies with headshots and taking no damage, then you start to find a little bit less ammos and the... The, the enemies are like a little bit more aggressive towards you and will actually run at you as opposed to slowly walking at you and stuff like that, which is such a cool thing because it, it ebbs and flows throughout the whole game. So I don't know if you guys noticed while you were playing that some parts felt a little bit easy and then all of a sudden it felt like it got really hard. Yeah, I'm going to be honest. I didn't notice. I, I felt like notice, no. I steamed through the castle portion of the game mm-hmm. and like there was i always had ammo for everything like it was easy it was no problem and then after you be salazar and you go to the island uh i was like all of a sudden like i had no ammo and i was like oh wow they like really kind of up the difficulty towards the end so like if like I want to say the final boss was harder for me because I didn't have a ton of ammo and I had to like conserve it. Like I, I want to say I stunned him most of the time because I was not through shooting his eyes, but using you like, well, I guess you only, you can use them twice, but you like oh, go yeah, up the to the big crane and hit him with the cranes. Yeah. Like that was how I got most of my damage in. Cause like I didn't have a ton of ammo, and I I like. I think there's a couple to... explosive barrels there that you can shoot, right? Yep. Yeah, I, yeah. I use the explosive barrels to like stagger him. So that that totally makes sense. That's pretty cool. I didn't know that. Yeah, and it's one of those things where they did such a good job designing it that you never would notice it until mm-hmm. like you start doing research about the game. So I think that's such a cool thing that this game does that like really pushes it ahead. It's like, yeah, this is one of the the greatest games ever. It's it's pretty incredible. Yeah, it was definitely a huge, huge, hugely influential, influential. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It uh, was the second best GameCube game ever released. What? Or the first? Do you think that? Hang on, can I, we all guess? I think he's gonna say Luigi's Mansion. I thought he was gonna say Metroid Prime. 
At Mario Sunshine. Guys, what game did we all have on our top five list? Uh, oh, <laughs> shit. Oh. Luigi's Mansion. That's right. Uh, Wind Waker. Good point. Yeah, Wind yeah. Waker. Yeah. Wow, we're Man, dumb. There's a lot of GameCube, good GameCube games. I was like, oh, maybe Luigi's he's talking Mansion. about mm, Thousand Year Door. Yeah. You don't say. GameCube's super underrated. Um, Not by me. Uh, so... Is there anything else anyone wanted to say about this? I kind of went through all of my notes and all the big things I wanted to talk um, about it. Fuck that random xenomorph. Oh yeah, his right hand man. Did you guys? No. Yeah, that's that that's, was that's that, his right hand man. That that was one of Salazar's yeah, right hand men in the I thought, robe. He, I thought that was just like a random like just dude. No, that's the dude in the red robe. He takes his robe off and yeah, and he's basically a xenomorph. Did you guys kill him? What? No. Yeah, I didn't you, know you can kill him. You can yeah. kill him. That's how you get one of uh you, one of the components for crafting or combining something. Um, uh, yeah, I he, tried to kill him the first time, and I think I ran out of bullets. I I got him with a rocket launcher. I think uh, he's one of the few. The rocket launcher doesn't one shot him. You have to hit him with a rocket launcher and then put even more bullets into him. Uh, but yeah, I did in fact kill him, and there's a trophy for it. And yeah, click that. Fuck box. those quick time events too. <laughs> uh, see i just ran around mashing the the, the dodge <laughs> um yeah that guy he, he's one of the tougher things yeah you don't have to beat him you can just run around yeah what? i guess uh the last thing for me too is that i i love that this game has a visible and upgradable health bar Mm. which the remakes do not have either of you only are able to see what status of health you're at when you pause or when you get hit yeah i i i agree with that it is I like nice that to have. better you like not having the really? health bar yeah i like the the not having the health bar mm. i think it makes the pressure like all of a sudden you check your health and you realize you're you're like oh shit like i'm pretty close to dying this makes this, you know, whereas like with that, with four, you always know how much health you have. Like eventually you have a ton of health and it like doesn't really matter. But I, yeah, I like the, the, uh, the cryptic, the crypticness of the, the health, the pulse monitor. From seven. Yeah. Did you and, guys end up maxing? <laughs> did you guys end up maxing out your health? Yeah. I, I got close. Yeah. Hmm. I feel like you get more than enough yellow herbs, and as long as you don't use them on Ashley. Yeah, I probably I used one on Ashley, and even then, I probably found like four or five that that just I already had max health. So. Yeah, you can sell them at the end of the game once you have max health. They're yeah. worth a so decent amount. You can max out both yours and hers. I, yeah, I think there's enough to do okay. both. I was I wasn't sure if it was like a choice thing, and I was like, well, I'm like at the end of the game, and I don't think there's many more Ashley sequences, so I'll just upgrade my health. <laughs> yeah, I think I. Uh, was, I think I upgraded uh, her once. What was your guys' favorite moment from the game? Ooh, favorite Ooh, moment. My most satisfying moment is is shooting the El Gigante with the RPG every time. <laughs> I that moment it's just so satisfying for me because he's this big scary monster. He's like the first boss fight in the game if you don't count the the sea monster. Uh and you shoot him with a rocket launcher and he instantly dies. And that always puts a big smile on my face. <laughs> my favorite was doing the same with Salazar. Like, like I said, this guy had me running around his castle for like two freaking chapters. And he turns into this gigantic parasitic plant monster. I get him to open up and I just shoot him in the face. Like I'm done with your games. I'm not participating in your boss fight shenanigans. <laughs> yeah. Mine was also the Salazar boss fight. I didn't shoot him with a rocket launcher, but I, 
I just really like the transformation. The, like, part of the... Th- I don't understand... Like, I'll never understand why the characters in Resident Evil are like, yeah, I'm gonna become this giant, grotesque demon monster. You know, Power, all of a sudden... Andrew. Power, yeah, 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 whatever. Um, <laughs> but I, th- I just, like, really find it fascinating, the pure grotesqueness and trans- transformation of it. Uh and so I, I always loved Salazar too. He's just this fucking weird little kid. He's twenty uh, years old. He's like twenty five or something. He's a weird little kid, and you won't convince me otherwise. He's <laughs> <It's> so <laughs> creepy. I hate I it. Know. He's he's so fucking weird. He's the tricorn uh, hat. <laughs> yeah, I just loved I loved how random his design is and how like just there he is. There's so much of this game that's just there. Uh, but seeing him all of a sudden, like seemingly have the upper hand for most of the game, and then and then like just turn into this giant wall monster was was really fucking cool. <laughs> Derek, what's yours? Uh, I I'm pretty sure my favorite moment is Louis when you run the into ballistics. Louis with Ashley for the first time, and he says the famous line, oh, "I God. guess the president equipped his daughter with ballistics too." <laughs> Uh, and then, then, like the camera zooms in on her boobs. It, it's just like it, come. Just, on. it sets the tone. I think it that's like the point where it really sets the tone for this game, where it's it's not a it's it's a B movie horror game with corny horror 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 humor and like Andrew is saying, like it makes like Salazar be even funnier because it's like. He, he, Salazar fits in this absurd kind of world that RE4 exists in. Like every, like it's weird and strange, and like nobody's really taking it seriously. Like Leon's not even really taking it that seriously. Oh no, uh, he's um, never like scared or worried about it. Anything. He's yeah, always cracking. He's jokes. constantly, constantly like it. It you you might be as a player like a little concerned, but then like it. I don't know. It you know it, like kind of makes you like oh like yeah this isn't a big deal like salazar he's a small child i can kill him and then he turns into a giant grotesque tentacle monster and you're like (laughs) okay but that yeah that just the i don't know i find that he while it's outdated in a sense i i think it still kind of fits the overall tone of what the developers were going for and kind of like i don't know it's it's fun i think you kind of you can see it a little bit in uh, like seven with uh th- some of the situations that like you're in kind I don't know th- are kind of amusing but also you know, like it's tense and scary. Yeah, seven uh, takes itself a little more seriously in that regard. Mm. Yeah, but I don't know. At the same time, it's like kind of wacky and I don't you know like the whole. Uh, I think about the whole situation with the sun and you're yeah. like doing this game show. It's like a, you know, but it's, I don't, I don't know. It's, but I think that plays into the personality of the characters. True. That's, that's a little true. Whereas like, yeah, I don't know. I really like the tone of this game. Uh, yeah. I think it's fun. Mm. Absolutely. My set, my runner up for favorite moment is uh, towards the end of the game. Uh, when, when you're just exploring, you know, looking for items, there's just like this fucking, polished pristine silver briefcase just lying around you open it up and there's just a case of shotgun shells <laughs> yeah right and i'm Why? like i'm like i'll take them but <laughs> but okay oh actually 
I think I have to change my favorite moment. Uh, it's at the end when the helicopter guy helps you. Mike! And... <laughs> <laughs> Mike the helicopter guy. It's the dumbest freaking like action movie trope. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's so dumb. Like I, you've seen it. I've seen it happen so many times in games. Yeah, I was still surprised when the helicopter was like it happens like, in halo yeah it happens in like uh, like every time the helicopter guy that helps you is always going to die and i was still surprised when he gets shot down and uh <laughs> the the yeah the mike and like, oh, beers on me after this one <laughs> yeah. and then the helicopter gets shot out of the year yeah, really there's cool. something uh with japanese game developers and um people just yelling english names for no reason mm. uh in sekiro there's a moment where you're fighting this boss and then you kick him off a bridge and he just yells robert <laughs> <laughs> that sounds so dumb. for no reason i don't you, <laughs> like, I, it doesn't make any sense the whole game is in japanese and all of a sudden this guy yells robert <laughs> uh. <laughs> but it, yeah, that was yeah that was great all right Let's uh let's go around the table and give our ratings out of five for this game. We'll start with Adam. Adam, what would you give this out of five? Uh, for a four. Yeah. A I four can get, for uh, re four. Yeah, I can I can get past the things I personally didn't like because eventually I did adjust to them and I started enjoying the game and just everything it was accomplishing. And after our discussion, it just kind of points. Good points were made. Cool. Uh, what about you, Andrew? Yeah, I I started at a three, uh, but I'm gonna give it a four. Cool. Uh, based on our discussion and kind of the 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 acceptance of of kind of how this game presents itself, <laughs> Derek, I'm gonna give it a five. Cool. Yeah. Um. I'm. I don't know. I'm so. I'm torn between four and five here, and I think after everything we've talked about, I think I'm leaning more towards five. I feel like this is a a must play video game. And that's what five is for us. It's like, yeah. this is a must play video. Like you have to play this game, you know? If it, see, I wouldn't, I, that's, I wouldn't say you have to play it. <laughs> see, I feel like I, I'm going to give it a five. I feel like this is a, like a top notch, like what it did for the industry and just like how corny and goofy it is. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if I, if, if like influentially this game is a five hands down, but mm -hmm. I'd not, I'm like I said, that's not how I roll. Yeah. And that's fine. Um. So, what does that give it? A four point five as our our overall rating. Yeah, I I will fives. concede. I will concede that we can give oh, our yeah. aggregate rating a five. We don't do. Okay. We don't do that. That decimal right, bullshit. Do that. All right. Yeah. Are you okay with that too, Adam? That we give it a yeah. Uh, totally right. fine. All right. Wow. Five out of five. First Version game of the of twenty twenty one, and we we've already got a five on our hands. Yeah, dude. Sweet. Here's here's hoping to some more because I'd love to play some more fucking awesome video games. Yeah, the 2021 uh, Sharky's best backlog game is Resident Evil 4. Maybe <laughs> current, right. current front runner. No, I hope we play like this. I hope this is a tough decision. Yeah, right, me too. Last year. <laughs> yeah, Outer Wilds kind of <laughs> ran away with that one. Yeah, Outer Wilds is so fucking good. Okay, I I'm going to pull out our next game. Are you oh. are you guys ready for this? Oh, I'm so ready. We are doing it random. Uh, so there's there's three potential ones here. Okay. Uh, we figured we did some math. By the time that the world ends with you, Neo or Neo, the world ends with you comes out, we should even if that one gets picked last of the three, the first world ends with you, we'll still have it done in time probably. Oh, okay. Uh, so yeah. 
The next game we're going to be playing is Knights of the Old Republic. Yes. Yeah, let's oh, go. Man. None I'm of us download it on Steam right now. It's in my wish list. <laughs> Knights, it's, and it's ten bucks. Uh, I'm super excited about this. I've maybe I think I played like twenty minutes of this back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm I'm excited to finally be able to play more of it. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, everyone says it's it's a top notch uh, RPG, Western RPG, and that it's an incredible Star Wars game. So I'm super excited. Uh, a lot of people know the name Darth Revan, but don't know where from. This is where it is from. So yeah, yeah. I'm I'm really pumped about being able to play this. I gotta see how the the backwards uh, or the Series X backwards compatibility works with it. Uh, I, I think I own I'm... a disc of the OG Xbox version of it. I if wonder if I can do, just pop that in. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I'm you, downloading it as we speak. You get the license. <laughs> really? Oh, all right, yeah. I'll have to check. I also think I just own it on Steam, but I'll, I'll figure it out. Um, yeah, I, I literally just purchased it on Steam. There we go. He's doing it. Because it was on my wish list. Knights of the Old Republic. Well, it's only 10 bucks. Is it just bad. called Knights of the Old Republic, or is it called no, Star it's, Wars? It's Star Wars. It's Star Wars. Knights of the Old Republic. Yeah, okay. Star Wars, Knights of the Old Republic. I don't have it then. Hmm, that's surprising. All right, I'll have to see if I still have the, the Xbox version. It, it's only 2.21 gigs. So. Yeah, no, it's 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 an old it's, video game. So. Yeah. All right, yeah, cool. I was, yeah. All right. I was hoping that'd be up. It was in my wish list, and I have a Steam gift card from Christmas that I'm using. Booyah. So. Nice. All right. I haven't really paying for this. Let's wrap up this episode by doing some trivia. Yeah, I guess real quick as a precedent, um, Kotor is pretty long. So yes, Kotor. What? It's, it's why I'm downloading it, it now. Like 30, hours. Hours. Thirty hours. Okay. Uh, so I believe if you know, based on our habits and and like current like math, um, aim to be to do it around end of march beginning of april yeah it's gonna it's gonna be reasonable i'm also playing a game uh to guest on my brother's podcast and that's a pretty decently long game so i have to also put equal amounts of time into that (sighs) what Uh, are you playing i'm playing final fantasy 6 for my brother's podcast oh cool okay so yeah we ended up deciding to take it out of ours because it's kind of a bigger game um and we yeah not only is it huge but if if jeff you know plays it and then we play it it'd it'd be a weird thing cool yeah so uh so yeah we'll we'll see i'm gonna try to chip away at that and then obviously there's new games finally starting to come out and i'm still playing persona so (laughs) there's a lot of games to be played so we'll we'll obviously keep updated as as we uh as we chip away at kotor but i'm excited to finally get that started um all right but let's do some trivia and wrap this up because we've been going for a long time yeah Yeah, can i yeah I gotta pee real quick. Oh my god, okay. Well, I guess we'll take a quick break and we'll be right back. (laughs) Okay, Derek has emptied his bladder and we are ready to wrap this up with some Resident Evil 4 trivia. Oh wait, actually, I gotta pee too. Ah! (laughs) All right. Question number one. What is the name of the agent who feeds you information at the beginning of the game? So you have this cell phone Ooh. video walkie-talkie thing. Uh, 
Uh, oh, what is uh, what is their name? No. <laughs> uh, uh, they make a, a cameo at the end of the game if you watch till the end of the credits. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, we're gonna have Adam go first on this one. Adam, do you know that person's uh, name? I'm gonna go with like Kate something. <laughs> I don't remember. Uh, Andrew. Oh fuck! I like. I'm gonna kick myself when you say it, but I'm gonna guess Hobson. Derek, do you have a guess? I'm pretty sure it's Harrison. Oh no! You're all close. Oh it's, it's Hunnigan. Ah, Hunnigan. 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 Damn it. Uh, yeah. Damn. No points. I, I was like, that down. yeah, because like you talk to her a bunch in the beginning, and then eventually Salazar takes over your comms, and then you yeah, go, which also, by the way, is fucking hysterical. Is really great. Uh, all right, no points. Question number two: What is the name of the pistol that you can get earlier than you're supposed to by destroying blue metals in the village? Oh crap! Mm. I... Yeah, so you can you can buy this pistol later in the game, but if you do the little mini game with the merchant, where you I think it's like seven out of twelve of the medals if you get yeah, it was ten out of fifteen. Is it ten out of fifteen? Then you can buy this gun early. It's a pistol. What Which is I the did. name of it? Um, Adam, we're gonna have you go first again on this one. Do you know the name uh, of the pistol? It was like it was red something. Can't remember. Yeah, got, that's the red oh. something. Oh. What about you, Derek? Any guess? I think it's the Punisher. I also guess the Punisher. Oh, Ooh, sorry, boys. It is the Black Tail. The oh, Punisher. Right. The Black Tail. The Punisher. No. Yes, the Punisher is the third one. What with the, you get the stock for? Sure, you're wrong. I'm pretty sure you're wrong. I'm pretty sure the Black Tail is not the one you get. That's the, the second pistol. I'm positive. The red nine is the one that Adam was thinking of. That's yeah, the one with the stock. The and the killer. Nope, it's the Punisher. You fucking idiot. It's the Punisher. What? I You're just wrong. Googled it, Jeff. Free Punisher. Ten out of. Uh, by shooting ten medallions. All right. Well, you screw you guys. Punisher. You get points. The Punisher is unlocked for purchase during Chapter One Three at a price of twenty thousand points. Though, with the player collects ten of the blue medallions, he <laughs> will unlock it for free and a free firepower upgrade of all fifteen are collected. Well, hoity-toity, one point to each of you. <laughs> question yeah, number, yeah. question number three. Shut, what, listen, Pepsi man. What, <laughs> what healing item can also be thrown to damage enemies? What? There's a one healing item in the game that you can throw at enemies and it hurts them. Oh, I know what it is. I don't think it's a ton of damage, but it is some damage. Uh, we're gonna have. Derek, go first on this one. Eggs. Eggs. Adam? Eggs? Uh, I either have to give all of you points or none of you points because it's specifically the golden eggs. You can't throw the regular... Like, the regular eggs don't hurt the enemies, but the golden eggs do. So, I I mean, I guess it's negligible because you all said the same thing. So, fuck it. I'll give you all a point. Well, Make you all eggs. feel better about yourselves. I do feel better about myself. Thank you. Question number four. There was a special Resident Evil 4 themed GameCube controller made. What in-game thing is this controller shaped like? So it's not a normal shaped GameCube okay. controller. It's, sha it's shaped like something. I, I remember this. Oh, fuck you. So what, what thing is this shaped like? What? 
yeah it's 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 pretty cool uh we're gonna have andrew go first on this one yeah um fuck i guess the your pistol (laughs) like like (laughs) adam i'm i have no idea i'm gonna guess the typewriter derek uh, I think it's shaped like a chainsaw. It is, in fact, shaped like a chainsaw. I just what? sent you guys a link in the Discord. What? It's, yeah. it's what? fucking what? insane looking. It Why? Like, it legit is a chainsaw. No, you get killed by the chainsaw. Yeah. But you never personally get a chance. This thing is so dumb and cool all at the what? same time. Uh, Why? So, Why, though? Point for Derek. <laughs> all right. Question number five. I, I managed to talk around this earlier in the episode. What is the most valuable treasure item in the game? Oh, oh. So what what treasure item can you sell for the most money? Adam, you're going to be going first because you do not have a chance to win this. I know I don't, but I know this one. It's the Salazar's crown. Andrew? I, that's uh, not what I was going to say. So I'm going to say that it's the friendship we made along the way. <laughs> Derek? <laughs> I said it's the crown jewels. It is the Salazar family crown, specifically when it's filled with the the two crown jewels and the family insignia. So Adam gets a point and Derek gets a point. Derek wins with four correct answers. Three and a half. <laughs> Good job, everybody. Tiebreaker question for fun. How much... Is the completed Salazar family crown worth? 20,000. 100,000 points. 30,000. Uh, Adam was closest. It's 48,000 pesetas. <laughs> Is that what they are? Yeah, pesetas. Pesetas. Yeah. Uh, it's the whatever currency of the local Spanish people. They, uh, okay. they never disclose what country they're in, but they're shouting in Spanish and they're I think in Europe. It's just sometime in Spain, right? Yeah, I think it's supposed to be in Spain. Um, but congratulations, Derek, on winning that one. Uh, yes. That brings us to the end of this episode of the Game Sharks podcast. Thank you very much for listening. You can find us on Instagram at Game Sharks Podcast. You can go to our website, thegamesharks.com, where you can find all of our Game of the Year winners. And Andrew's recently wrote article about Scott Pilgrim versus the world, the game. Definitely go check that out and get our full his full opinion on what he thought about that re-release. Uh, and you can email us at gamesharkspodcast at yahoo.com. Send us any trivia questions you have, any discussion topics. Just check in. Say hi. Have you played Resident Evil 4? What do you think about it? Uh, yeah. Thank you very much for listening. And with that, we are Finn. Jeff's gone. Uh, let's do it with Adam. All right. All right, guys. <laughs> what is the name of the president's daughter from Resident Evil 4? Uh, ballistics. <laughs> <laughs> ballistics, if you know what I'm ballistics. saying. Oh, no. Hey, Luis said it, not me. Yeah. And he was a scientist. Luis is the creep. <laughs> I mean, actually, if 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 Ashley's twenty, yeah, she's twenty years old. That's she's pretty not close to my age. Like fourteen, which you think she is. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah.